1: اشهد ان نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله النبي المصطفى الامين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اما بعد So today is the 19th of Ramadan of the year 1441 of the Hijra of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And so this is then the 19th session of the reading and the commentary of Tafsir al-Jalalayn by the two Jalals, Jalaluddin al-Mahalli and Jalaluddin al-Siyyuti alayhimah rahmatullahi ta'ala. And yesterday we stopped at verse 44 of Surah Al-Naml, which is towards the very end of the 19th Juz of the Qur'an. And we had just finished the story of the Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salam, and in particular his encounter with the Queen of Sheba, known as Bilqis. And so, inshallah, today we begin with the reading of Surah, or the continuation of Surah Tawbah from verse
0: forty-five onwards. In the name of the Most the and and Allah, And after the Most Tafsir of His "I Allah وَلَقَدْ To Thamud we sent their brother from the tribe, Salih, telling them to worship Allah alone But straight away they divided in two parties, arguing with one another about the deen. One party being the believers who accepted he had been sent to them and the other party being unbelievers who denied him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse
1: 45 he goes on to the story of Thamud. And the Prophet Salih alayhi And thus after Allah جل, at the very beginning of Surah An-Naml mentions some a very short few verses concerning the Prophet Musa alayhi salam. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the Prophet Dawood very briefly, and then we have that long uh, story and mention of the Prophet Sulaiman alayhi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse forty-five onwards now goes on to the story of the Prophet Saleh And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this particular Telling of the story of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi will give us some principles Principles of how When the previous nations Used to reject their prophets And their messengers How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala How they would normally divide themselves And the different types of planning Planning and plotting That they would uh, undertake In order to divert people away From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah azza says That we sent to Thamud Their brother Salih And then Allah azza says for Fa idahum fariqani But straight away they divided into two parties, arguing with one another. And that is generally the case with all of those Prophets that Allah mentions in the Qur'an in terms of those who were rejected by their Prophets. Because the Prophet would have to go through something similar. He would have people who would stand by him, would accept him, would believe in him. And then he would have others who would reject him and refuse to accept his message. And that's not just the case with the Prophet, وسلم, but rather every one of those prophets that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions within that same context, even though we know from the Sunnah that there are Prophets of Allah that had hardly any believers, and some of them that will come on Qiyamah with no believers, meaning no one accepted their message. Yet still there are Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But generally speaking Allah Azza wa and that's why in these surahs and in these in these tellings of these stories, Allah Azza wa normally says and we save the Prophet. And those who believed with him. Some of them are more and some of them
0: are less. He said to those who denied, My people, why are you so anxious anxious to hasten the bad, meaning Allah's punishment before the good, meaning Allah's mercy? By saying the words, if what you say is true, then bring us the punishment. If only, you would ask for forgiveness from Allah for your shirk, so that mercy might perhaps be
1: shown to you and you might, be in, and you might not be punished. And one of the beautiful ways of making tafsir is as we go through the Qur'an, you notice patterns and as you notice those patterns or those themes that are repeated, that repetition, you know that there is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala focuses on because the Arabs generally repeat something for emphasis and they repeat it because of its importance. So when you have something that is often repeated over and over again, then it is because it is important and it requires you to pay attention to it. And that is why the theme, for example, of Tawheed is one that you find repeated over and over again in the Quran because it is the most important thing that a person needs to concern themselves with. Allah Azza wa in the stories of the Prophets often says that when they came to their Prophets, as, uh, when they came to their peoples, as Allah mentions in verse 46, they often came to them with the call, لَوْلَا تِسْتَغْفِرُونَ اللَّهِ why don't you turn to Allah And seek forgiveness And in that There is an implication And understanding of tawheed Because it means that You turn to Allah Sincerely in forgiveness and seeking mercy From Him subhanahu wa ta'ala But also in addition to that For the sins that you commit For the evil that you do Because by making istighfar And istighfar has many many benefits But from them Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Increases you in blessing And Allah azza wa safeguards you from evil and harm And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Increases you in reward And so on And that is why the Prophet would spend much of his day Making istighfar And seeking Allah's forgiveness
0: <clears throat> They said we see you and those with you as an evil omen Since there was a drought and they were hungry He said no Your evil omen is with Allah who will bring it to you You are merely a people undergoing a trial Meaning being tested by good and evil There was a group of nine men in the city of Thamud Causing corruption in the land By acts of disobedience like clipping dinars And not putting things right
1: by obeying Allah In verse 48 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Gives us in this particular surah Surah Al-Naman About the story of Salih alayhi salam some information that we don't find elsewhere in the Quran in the previous tellings of the story of the prophet salih alayhi salam and that is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us previously in the quran in the in the surahs that we've covered and in the story of salih alayhi salam that salih alayhi people will demand that he brings out a she-camel from the mountain salih alayhi to to allah the miracle appears and then they dispute over the watering of the camel the she-camel and the watering that they will draw for themselves and so he appoints for the Sheikh camel a day and for them a day. And he says to them, but whatever you do, don't harm the camel. It's a sign and a miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by harming it, you bring about or you you bring upon yourself Allah's punishment. Allah Azzawajal tells us in those other tellings of the story, Faqarun they slaughtered the camel. And Allah Azzawajal doesn't mention who and he doesn't really refer to the details of how that slaughtering take place. But we are told generally. That they slaughtered, meaning the people of Thamud because all of them supported the idea and all of them were part of it, if not physically doing and committing the act of slaughter, they were there in terms of supporting, motivating, agreeing, and so on. And so Allah doesn't give us the detail other than in those very general terms. In Surah an Namah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us some extra detail. And from that detail is what Allah Azza mentions in verse forty eight Madinati and in that city, meaning the city of Thamud, were a group of nine men. Raht means individuals, nine individuals, a group then of nine people. These are, if you like, the, the cheerleaders. They're the main people who will go and they will try to kill Saleh And they will try to, or they, and they will attempt to kill and slaughter that camel. They are the people who actually are the most evil from amongst them. And that is often always the case in terms of oppression, in terms of rejection, in terms of transgression. The people, not necessarily all of them, have to commit oppression. But it is individuals from amongst them that are well known for it, and the rest of them give them, give them their silent support and their silent encouragement. And that is often always the case. If you look at the story of Pharaoh, it is Pharaoh who is doing the evil. But Allah often refers to Al Mala, the nobility amongst Pharaoh. Because they were supporting and encouraging and motivating and likewise with the people of Nuh a.s. and likewise the people of Ibrahim a.s. The people who actually perpetrate the acts that they perform may not be everyone, they may be individuals. But the fact that the others are there supporting actively and agreeing with it means that they too share part of that sin.
0: قَالُوا تَقَاسَمُوا بِاللَّهِ لَنُبَيِّتَنَّهُ وَأَهْلَهُ ثُمَّ لَنَقُولَنَّ لِوَلِيِّهِ مَا شَهِدَنَا مَهْلِكَ أَهْلِهِ وَإِنَّا نَصَادِقُونَ They said to one another, let's just make an oath to one another by Allah that we will fall on him and his family in the night. Read as, نُبَيِّتَنَّهُ and تُبَيِّتُنَّهُ Meaning, you will fall on him in the night. And then say, Read as, meaning you will say to his protector, meaning his relatives, We did not witness and were not present at the destruction, read as, and of his family.
1: And we are telling the truth. We do not know who killed him. And so these group of men, people, have hot hatched a plant amongst themselves. And so Allah Azza wa gives us information here that you don't find elsewhere in the Quran. Elsewhere in the Quran, Allah says, they were told to harm the, the she camel and they went and slaughtered it. What is extra information here? That those people who plotted and planned the sheep coming is only part of the evil that they are plotting. The other part is we will kill Saleh and his family. We will kill them first. And then when the people say, How did you kill Saleh? What happened to Saleh, his family? Maybe his relatives will come and demand justice and so on. They will say, We don't know. Don't know what happened. Someone obviously went in, they killed him, they don't know who killed him, and so therefore they are. Unable to pinpoint blame and this was similar then for, because the Prophet is being told that this is something that happened to previous prophets And the same would happen with the Prophet of as he attempts to make the hijrah And as the Quraysh decide that they will take one person from each of the main families of Quraysh and they will all go together and they will kill The Prophet of at night whilst he's asleep at home and then they will say to his family and relatives All of us took part So therefore now the family of the Prophet can't fight all of Quraysh if it's one family in Quraysh, they can stand against them. But if it's all of Quraysh, a single family can't go against the whole tribe. So now they have no other option except to seek a different recourse, accept the blood money, accept something else, some type of payment in return. So this is the extra that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah an naml concerning the Prophet salih alayhi salam. Number one, the mention of this group of people who are the ringleaders. And number two, that they attempt to kill Salih and his family as well.
0: They hatched a plot to do this And we hatched a plot And repaid them by hastening the punishment While they were not aware So look at the end result of all their plotting We utterly destroyed them And their whole people By the shout of Jibreel Or by the angels casting down stones Which they saw while not seeing the angels فتلك بُيُوتُهُمْ خَاوِيَةً بِمَا These are the empty ruins of their houses because of the wrong they did Meaning because of their unbelief إِنَّ فِي لَآيَةً يَعْلَمُونَ There is certainly a sign and lesson in that for people with knowledge of the power of Allah So that they may be warned we rescued those who believed and who were God-fearing Referring to Salih and those who believed, who numbered about 4,000 They feared committing
1: shirk And so verses 51 to 53 is always the end result It always follows this pattern <coughs> Some of the scholars of Tafsir said That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us the three steps or stages In which Allah destroys those people who turn against him That plot and turn against his religion and his prophets Number one is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says their عَاقِبَةُ أَنَّ Look at the end result of all of their plotting they were destroyed they were destroyed so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always destroys them those people who turn against his prophets they deny his signs, they reject his messengers they receive some type of destruction or some type of punishment if not in this life in previous nations it would be in this life and for after the prime of the Prophet It is in the next life on yawmul That's the first Number two In verse 52 Number two that they are left as a sign for others That perhaps they will take heed and take it as a reminder These are their houses The empty ruins of their houses Because of the one that they did And the Quraysh knew of the area called al hijab which today people call Maddah in Saleh, they knew of that area. They had gone past and they had seen their dwellings. And Allah Azza wa is saying that the structures are still there. Their houses are still there, but they sit empty. And from the reasons or from the uh, signs of their destruction, according to some scholars, is the fact that even though Saleh alayhi salam came thousands of years ago, before the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He came many thousands of years ago, because when Allah tells us in the Quran, as we mentioned in, in Surah al araf the story of Nuh, He says to Hud, you came after Nuh. And He says to the people of Salih, you came after Hud. And so they came many, many generations ago, but despite that, their area, the area has always remained empty after them. No one goes and resettles there. Even though their houses are built and it's ready And the place is a place where people can go and settle No one ever went in said, and settled there again And that is because it is a place of destruction And Allah knows best And the third وَأَنْجَيْنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ In verse 53 And Allah rescues the believers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives his divine aid And care and protection To those who turn to him in iman
0: إِذْ قَالَنِ قَوْمِهِ الْفَاحِشَةَ وَأَنْتُمْ And remember when Lut such as people you approach depravity meaning sodomy with open eyes Knowing that it is disobeying Allah Do you come with lust to men instead of women? بَلْ أَنْتُمْ you are a people who are deeply ignorant of the consequences of what you are doing. The only response of his people was to say, Drive the family of Lot out of your city. They are people who keep themselves
1: pure of this activity. In verse 56, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنْ لَا أَنْ قَالُوا أَخْرِجُوا أَلَ مِّنْ قَرْيَتِكُمْ They said, drive the family of Lut out of your city. And we said before that the word Al can refer to family and it can refer to followers and people. But some of the scholars are of the opinion that it is in this regard just the family of Lut alayhi salam Because that's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, bi مِّنَ اللَّيْلِ Leave with your family. And so therefore it is said that you, the people that believed from Lut alayhi and his nation... What just his family? And so he is told to take his family and leave, with the exception as Allah Azzawjal, as we know and will mention now again, with the exception of his
0: wife. So we rescued him and his family, except for his wife. We ordained her to be one of those who stayed behind in the punishment. عَلَيْهِمْ We rain down a rain of stones of baked clay upon them, which destroyed them. How evil is the rain, meaning the punishment of those who are warned. قُلِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ عَلَىٰ Say, Muhammad praise be to Allah for the destruction of the unbelievers of past nations. And peace be upon his slaves whom he has chosen. Is Allah better or what they associate Read as Meaning you associate with him Who is most entitled to worship Allah or the God which the people of Mecca worship
1: In verse 59 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Say or praise is due to Allah Praise is due to Allah Because Allah azza wa saves the believers Praise is due to Allah Because Allah guides us to Islam praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he destroyed those people who plotted against his religion. And peace be upon his slaves whom he has chosen. Some of the scholars said that that refers to the Anbiya. It refers to the Prophets of Allah. That Allah is referring to his chosen slaves. It refers to the Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And others from amongst them like Sufyan al said that it refers to the companions of the Prophet sallallahu refers to the companions that they are the ones that Allah has chosen and that is established in the Sunnah in the narration uh, of the statement of Abdullah bin Mas'ud that it said that when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala created creation and He took their souls and He took them out from the ruins of their father Adam Alayhi Allah looked upon them and He chose the best of His creation to be His prophets and amongst them the best to be His prophets and then after the prophets of Allah, Allah chose the next purest and best of hearts to be the companions of his Prophet and that is why it is our aqidah that the companions of the Prophet after all of the prophets and messengers are the best of people and the Prophet mentioned this in a number of hadith and from them is the famous one خير nas qarni, the best of all people are my generation and so the companions are people that are chosen and so based upon that some of the scholars said he refers to the companions Al-Imam ibn Kathir ta'ala, as is a well-known methodology now amongst the scholars of tafsir, he combines between the two. And he says that yes, those that are chosen are the Prophets as well as the companions, and there's no reason that it cannot be both. And Allah knows best أَمَّنْ
0: خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ وَأَنْزَلَ لَكُمْ مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَنْبَتْنَا بِهِ حَدَائِقَ ذَاتَ بَهْجَةَ he who created the heavens and the earth And sends down water for you from the sky By which he made luxuriant gardens grow A change of person from the third to the first The word hadaiq is the plural of hadaiqa Which means a walled garden You could never make the trees grow Meaning you lack the power to do so Is there another God besides Allah Who could help in that? qawmun no, indeed, there is no other God with him. But they are people but they are people who equate others with him.
1: In verse sixty onwards, for the next few verses now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask a series of questions to the Quraysh and to the disbelievers, affirming his lordship subhanahu wa ta'ala and his right to be worshipped subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the end of each one of those verses, or towards the end the conclusion of those verses, towards the end of the of the verse, Allah asks the question, A'ilahumma Allah are there any gods or is there another god besides Allah and so the author rahimahullah ta'ala said who can help in that in his commentary and the scholars have two approaches in terms of what it means what does it mean by is there any other god besides Allah the first is the one that is mentioned by ibn Kathir and others rahimahullah and that is that the meaning is is there any other god besides Allah worthy of worship is there any other god besides Allah worthy of worship and the second approach is the one that Al Mahalli chooses, and it is the one that was favored by Imam Ibn al Qayyim, and that is, as he said, is there any other God besides Allah who creates in that way, who could have done what is being mentioned? So each verse it is dependent on the context of what is being mentioned. Is any other God then worthy of worship because of what has been mentioned, or is any other God worthy of worship because? they are unable to create or can they create something
0: similar <laughs> He who made the earth a stable dwelling place so that it does not move under its inhabitants and appointed rivers flowing through its mist. And place firmly embedded mountains on it Which makes the earth firm And set a barrier between the two seas The sweet sea and the salt sea So that they do not mix with one another <speaking in Hebrew> Is it another God besides Allah? <speaking> in <Hebrew> no, indeed But most of them do not know But most of them do not know it <speaking in Hebrew> He who responds to the oppressed, meaning those in dire need, when they call on Him and, he, and removes their distress and that of others, and has appointed you as khalifs on the earth. The genitive grammatical usage here gives the meaning of on. The word khalif, deputy, can also mean successor in the sense that each generation follows the generation before it. Is there another God besides Allah? How little you pay heed? Read as they pay heed. Um He who guides you to your destinations in the darkness of land and sea by means of the stars at night and by landmarks on the earth in the day and sends out the winds bringing advance news of his mercy meaning rain Allah is there another God besides Allah? Allah you Exalted is Allah above what they associate with Him. <laughs> he who originates creation in the wombs by means of sperm and then regenerates it after death, even if people do not acknowledge the evidence which indicates that it will happen, and provides for you from out of heaven, referring to rain and earth, referring to plants. A <laughs> اللَّهُ is there another God besides Allah? <laughs> Say, Muhammad, وسلم, bring your proof if you are being truthful about there being a God who can do any of what has just been mentioned. Verse 65. Then they asked him about the time of the last hour, and the answer was <laughs> Say, no one in the heavens and the earth. Whether angels or human beings know the unseen, which they cannot see, except Allah. They, meaning the unbelievers of Mecca and others, are not aware of the time when they will be raised. Though their knowledge stops short of the next world. Read as adaraka and أدر They lack knowledge.
1: So
0: they lack knowledge and have to ask about the time of the coming of the next world while they do not really believe it will happen. In fact, they have doubts about it. In fact, they, meaning their hearts, are blind to it.
1: In verse 66, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Know their knowledge stops short of the next world. And in the other reading, which is the reading of Ibn Kathir and Abu Amr and Hamza and Ali and Khalaf, Bal أَدْرَاكَ عِلْمُهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ Abu Hayyan رحمه الله تعالى who is a uh, a well-known scholar of tafsir he has a tafsir which primarily focuses on <coughs> on the linguistic aspects of the Qur'an and it is perhaps one of the best written in that regard he mentions 12 different qira'as for this word بَلِدَّارَكَ of the, of the 12 the two that are متawatir are the ones that are mentioned here the ones that are the accepted readings 10 others are from the peculiar readings. And that is one of those words, therefore, that is rare in that regard, that there are so many variations in the way that it is read. What does it refer to? To many opinions, actually, amongst the scholars of tafsir as to what it's referring to. But two of them, of those opinions, I will mention to you. The first is in regards to what happens in this world, and the second is in regards to what happens in the next world. The first opinion and position amongst the scholars of Tafsir is similar to what Al-Mahali Ta'ala says, عِلْمُهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ Their knowledge is weak, it stops short, concerning Yom Al-Qiyamah. Meaning that because of a lack of knowledge about Yom Al-Qiyamah, they disbelieved.
2: <coughs>
1: and because, <coughs> because they didn't have that knowledge of the Sa'ah and the next world and Yom Al-Qiyamah, they disbelieved and they were unwilling to accept the day of judgment That is one position And that is the one that is chosen As you can see by the author And from other scholars of tafsir Such as uh, Shaykh Rahman ibn al Rahimahullah ta'ala The second position is That it is regarding the next life That the knowledge of the hereafter Will become complete When they see the punishment of the next life Then they will know its reality And that is the position that is chosen by The majority of the scholars of tafsir and from amongst them Shaykh Muhammad al-Amin al-Shraqiti rahimahullah
0: ta'ala Those who disbelieve and deny the resurrection say when we and our fathers are turned to dust will we then be brought forth again from the grave? <laughs> We have been promised this before We and our fathers This is nothing but myths and legends Meaning fabrications of previous peoples <laughs> Say travel about the earth And see the final fate of the evildoers They were destroyed because of their denial Verse 70 The following is to give solace to the Prophet Sallallahu <laughs> Do not grieve over them And do not let the plots They make distress you In other words Do not be concerned With their plotting against you We will help you against them They say When will this promise Of the punishment be fulfilled If you are telling the truth قُلْ يَكُونَ رَضِفَ لَكُمْ بَعْضُ الَّذِي تَسْتَعْجِلُونَ Say, it may well be that some of what you are anxious to hasten is right on your heels, meaning it is just behind you, and in fact came about when they were killed in the battle of Badr. The rest of the punishment will come after death.
1: In verse 72, <coughs> the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, قُلْ عَسَىٰ يَكُونَ رَضِفَ لَكُمْ The word radif is as al mahdi Rahimahullah Ta'ala says, meaning behind you, behind you. And the Arabs, if two people ride a camel, the person sitting behind is called a radif, the one sitting behind. And that is mentioned in a number of ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ that the companions would sometimes say, kuntu radif. I used to sit behind or I was sitting behind the Prophet ﷺ as we were riding on a camel and then he said to me. And so that is the meaning of radif. And it's okay, the translation is right on your heels, but it means that it is behind you.
0: Allah shows favor to mankind by deferring the punishment from the unbelievers. But most of them, in the unbelievers, are not thankful for the deferral of the punishment because they deny that it will occur. Certainly, your Lord knows what their hearts keep hidden and what they divulge with their tongues. وَمَا مِنْ غَائِبَةٍ فِي السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مُبِينَ Certainly there is no hidden thing in either heaven or earth Meaning that it's completely hidden from people Which is not in a clear book A reference to to the preserved tablet and Allah's hidden knowledge One aspect of that is the punishment of the unbelievers إِنَّ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ يَقُصُ عَلَى بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ Certainly this Qur'an narrates the tribe of Israel Meaning those who were there in the time of our Prophet Most of the things about which they differ between themselves Whether they accept it and submit or not Certainly it is guidance from misguidance And a mercy Delivering them from the punishment for the believers Inna rabbaka baynahum Hukmi. Certainly your Lord will decide between them and others on the day of rising with his just judgment He is the Almighty, the All-Knowing, knowing what judgment to give No one can oppose him in the way that the unbelievers disagreed with their prophets in this world Fatawa Allah, So put your trust in Allah and rely on him You are clearly on a path of truth, meaning the clear deen In the end you will have victory over the unbelievers verse 80 then allah makes similes for them comparing them to the dead and to the deaf and blind saying innaka la tusmi'u al-mauta wala tusmi'u as-summa ad-du'a'a idha wallu mudbirin you will not make dead men here and you will not make deaf men here the call when they turn their backs
1: in flight. in verse 80 Allah subhanahu <coughs> wa ta'ala says innaka la tusmi'u al-mauta wala tusmi'u as-summa ad-du'a'a idha wallu mudbirin you will not make dead men here and you will not make the deaf men hear the call when they turn back in flight The scholars have two positions amongst the scholars concerning what is being referred to The first is that Allah is talking about the actual dead Just as you cannot make the dead here, then you cannot make these people also here And that is, or, or rather the first position is that it is actual death That after they die, you cannot call them back to guidance You cannot give them guidance So the death that is being referred to here is actual death and the second one is what is mentioned by Al mahalli rahimahullah taala, And that is that it is an example That it's not referring to actual death But likening death to their deafness Just as you can't make the deaf here You can't make just as if Just as you can't make the dead here You cannot make them here as well And so it is an example of how far away they are from guidance And that is the position that is chosen As you can see in not all by the author But many other scholars of Tafsir and from them Shaykh Muhammad Al-Amin Al-Shakiti rahimahullah taala.
0: You will not guide blind men out of their error. You will not make anyone hear meaning understand and accept, except for those who believe in our signs, meaning the Quran, and so are Muslims, sincere in their belief in the oneness of Allah. When the word is justly carried out against them Meaning when the punishment befalls the unbelievers We will produce a beast from the earth which will speak to them In Arabic to those present when it emerges Truly read as Anna and Inna Mankind, particularly the unbelievers of Quraysh Had no certainty about our signs They did not believe in the Quran Which contains mention of the resurrection The reckoning and the punishment when the beast emerges, commanding people to do what is correct and forbidding them what is bad, will stop. No unbeliever will believe after that. As Allah revealed to Noah. none of your people are going to believe except those
1: who have faith already. In verse 82, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs> When the word is justly, justly carried out against them, we will produce a beast from the earth. A beast from the earth. And the scholars... Uh, Differ over what the beast is referring to here After they agree That from the signs of Yom Al-Qiyamah Is a beast that will come Because the Prophet told us In the authentic hadith He said count ten signs Before the coming of the hour And then he listed the ten signs That many of the scholars considered to be the major signs of Yom Al-Qiyamah Because Yom Al-Qiyamah has minor signs and major signs And from the ten major ones that he listed Is the Daba The Daba means beast Literally, as we said before when we were speaking in Surah, Hud and elsewhere Wama مِنْ دَابَةٍ fil ard A daaba is anything that treads upon the earth So what is this daba? is it human, not human and so on We don't have many of those details and Allah Azza wa knows best But the word daba means anything that walks upon the face of the earth So often when we say the word daba, was translated as the word daba. We often you know kind of have this mental image of what a beast would look like and it doesn't necessarily mean That that is what Allah Azza wa Jalla is referring to because the word dabah is a very generic word. We humans are considered dawab from that very linguistic sense of the word because we tread upon the face of the earth and animals are dawab and other things are from the dawab. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there is a daaba that will come at the end or that there will come a da'bah. So they agreed that it is one of the signs of Yawm Al-Qiyama As then when it comes to, the, uh, to this particular verse of the Qur'an They differ slightly And that is because um, <coughs> Some of the scholars said That it refers to the da'bah at the end of time And others of them disagreed But the majority of the scholars of Tafsir Are of the opinion that it refers to the Daaba That is the sign of Yawm Al-Qiyama Allah Azza wa Jal says Tukallimuh It will speak to them which seems to show And Allah knows best That either it is human Or it is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will give the ability to speak The scholars differ as to what he means though by speak Is it actual words? So those people that say Or those scholars that say that it is human Say that it is actual words That it will speak And others said that the meaning of the word To Because it is not a human It is a beast Some type, some type of animal To Means that it will mark them that it will injure them, that it will mark them. As, and this was a position chosen by Sheikh ibn Asaymeen, amongst others. That it doesn't mean a literal speaking, but it means that it will mark them. And there are some narrations in the Sunnah that speak, seem to, to say this as well that the Daba will mark them. And after the daaba goes, that sign finishes, the people will be recognized by their marks. And the people will point to them and say, He or she is one of the marked ones. Meaning that they were marked They were somehow injured or cut By that daba أَنَّ النَّاسَ كَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا لَا Because it will say According to one tafsir That the people have no certainty in our signs That is one tafsir That it is a human or some type of animal That will speak And these are the words that it will say But Ibn Kathir رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ Says that that is a weak tafsir But rather it is Allah عز Saying that we will send out A daba that will speak or injure them Because they don't accept our signs So it is not the statement of the Daba That people don't understand our signs But rather it is Allah commenting And saying because the people Don't accept our signs And what supports that position Of Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah Ta'ala Is the other Qira'ah As Ismail read bi anna Is as if it's a continuation Inna as if it's a new sentence And so it is Separate from what has preceded And that is the position of many of the scholars of Tafsir that the Dabah itself will not say that people have no certainty in our signs. It is Allah saying that it is one of the signs that will come towards you Al Qiyamah because the people of that time will have little certainty. And Allah knows best.
0: On that day, we will collect from every community a crowd, meaning the leaders who are followed. Of those who denied our signs paraded in tight ranks They will be gathered from the first to the last And then driven <laughs> Then when they arrive at the place of the reckoning He will say to them Did you deny my signs Meaning my prophets Even though you did not have proper knowledge of them Meaning you did not fully understand them <laughs> What were you doing in the face of what you were commanded to do الْقَوْلُ عَلَيْهِمْ بِمَا لَا The word, meaning the punishment, will be carried out against them for the wrong of shirk they did, and they will not speak since they have no proof. Do they not see that we have made the night for them to rest in, and the day for seeing, to pursue their business? إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ There are certainly signs of Allah's power in that for people who believe. Those who believe are singled out for mention since they benefit from night and day, which is not the case with the unbelievers. On the day the trumpet is blown, a reference to the first blast by Israfil, and everyone in the heavens and everyone on the earth is terrified. And suffers a fear which leads to their death Another ayah says that they swoon The past tense is used because it is absolutely certain that it will occur Except those Allah wills Who are Jib- Jibreel, Mikael, Israfil and the angel of death Ibn Abbas said that this refers to the martyrs Since they are alive with their Lord provided for Then after they are brought to life on the day of rising Everyone will come to him abject In verse 87 Allah says
1: وَيَوْمَ fi on the day that the trumpet is blown and we know from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that that is how Yawm Al-Qiyamah is established that the trumpet is blown as is mentioned the long hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr RadhiAllahu Anhumah in Sahih Muslim and he says that the trumpet will be blown and so when the people when the trumpet is blown amongst those people that are living they will be the worst of creation and the first one that will hear the trumpet, the trumpet being blown is a man it is said who is fixing his camel pen in the adoration of Sahih Muslim As is fixing it He will be the first one to hear it And everyone that hears it Will fall unconscious Allah says فَفَزِعَ مَن فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَن فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا من شاء الله. And everyone in the heavens And everyone on the earth Will become terrified And so here the scholars with tafsir Differ In the verse In Surah Al-Zumar That Inshallah Ta'ala We will come unto In the 24th juz of the Qur'an Allah Azzawajal also mentions The blowing of the trumpet and he mentions the falling unconscious and then the reawakening. And Allah Azza wa in that verse seems to show that there are only two, only two trumpets that are blown. The trumpet is blown twice, one for people to fall unconscious and the other one for people to wake up. And that is the position of many of the scholars of tafsir such as Sheikh Muhammad Al-Amin al-Shaqiti rahimahullah, it's the position that Sheikh Muhammad al rahimahullah chose and others as well. And amongst the scholars of tafsir the they say, no, there are three blowings of the trumpet. Because this one is an extra one So you have the trumpet blowing That is to cast terror The trumpet blowing that is to make the people fall unconscious And the trumpet being blown a third time for them to awaken And that is the position that Ibn Kathir Rahimallah seems to choose As well as Imam al-Shawtani Rahimallah and his Tafsir Fathul Qadir and others And uh, so the difference of opinion is is, that, is this blowing of the trumpet in Surah Al-Namal Part of the other two that are mentioned in Surah Al-Zumar it is just a different description of one of those two, or is it an additional third one? And some of the scholars said, really, and the difference is in reality very slight if there are two or three, and Allah knows best which of that is more likely. Allah then says, illa, man اللَّهُ except for those that Allah wills. And as you can see, the scholars differ greatly as to who those are, those people are that Allah will exempt from that being terrified. and Some of them said it is every believer because Allah Azzawajal gives them safety and security on that day. Another said as you can see it refers to the angels because the angels are exempt From falling unconscious. Another said, no, it refers to the martyrs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will save them from this. Others said it refers to the Prophets, our Prophet, and others, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best because there is no authentic hadith from the Prophet, and it is possible that some or all of those opinions are what is being referred to, and Allah knows best.
0: You will see at the moment of the blast of the trumpet The mountains you reckon to be solid And that they must stay firmly in place Because of their great size Going past like rain clouds Moved by the wind like carded wool And then like scattered dust Until they fall to the ground And are made level with it The handiwork of Allah Which is the most perfect He who gives to everything its solidity إِنَّهُ بِمَا تَفْعَلُونَ He is aware of what you do, read as تَفْعَلُونَ and يَفْعَلُونَ What they do, meaning that he knows the acts of disobedience done by his enemies and the acts of obedience by his friends مَنْ <laughs> Those who perform good actions, meaning the statement there is, no good, there is no God but Allah on the day of rising will receive a better reward than them because of it Another ayah says that they will receive ten like it and will be safe that day from terror But as Those who perform bad actions Meaning shirk Will be flung head first into the fire The head is mentioned Because it is a place of honor And so that is appropriate Then they will be asked هَلْ إِلَّا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Are you being repaid for anything other than what you did in respect of the shirk and acts of disobedience
1: you committed? In verses 89 and 90, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ Whosoever brings a good deed, and the author says, meaning the statement لَا إِلَهَ And that is a good tafsir, because what he means by those who come with good deeds, means that they must have that the basic foundation of iman, Doesn't mean that anyone that brings good deeds, Allah will reward So if someone comes with shirk and kufr and so on And they come but they have a mountain of good deeds Allah will give them a reward and multiply and so on No, it means the one who comes and the hasana is in the singular So therefore the greatest singular act that a person can come to bring reward for On the the day of judgment, on the day of Qiyamah Is the act of Tawheed And the action of La ilaha illallah The same top, La ilaha illallah And then from that everything else that they do is considered. And so that is a good, uh, it is a good tafsir and that shows to you again the importance of tawheed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala singles it out from every other action that is good, every other good deed and he focuses on that because that is the basis upon which if a person has other deeds will be considered and if it is not there or if it is invalid or void then every other action is irrelevant. And that is why in verse number 90 then, the commentary of woman جَاءَ <بِالسَّيِّئَة> The one who comes with a bad deed is also shirk. It is again in the singular form. So therefore it is shirk. That is what is being referred to because by Ijma' of Sunnah that if a believer comes with bad deeds, they don't, they don't, they don't stay in the fire forever. Allah Azza wa Jal will either forgive them or He will punish them for a short while until they are cleansed of their sins and then Allah will remove them. So those people that are thrown and dragged in the fire and placed in the fire are those people who are Punished in their way from the disbelievers. No.
0: <laughs> I have simply been ordered to worship the Lord of this land meaning Mecca Which he has declared sacred made it secure and sanctuary in which no one may shed the blood of a human being Wrong anyone, hunt game or cut down any plant which was one of the blessings bestowed on Quraysh, the people of the sanctuary, the haram. Another was that Allah removed from it the difficulties and seditions prevalent in all the other lands of the Arabs. Shay, everything belongs to Him, to Allah who is its Lord, Creator, and Master. Wa umir tu an al And I have been ordered to be one of the Muslims and to affirm his unity.
1: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 91 speaks about the blessing of Mecca and his sanctuary, and we've mentioned this before from the Hadith and Al-Bukhari and muslim which the Prophet said that Mecca is a haram, it is a place that is sacred no killing is allowed, no hunting is allowed, no uprooting of trees is allowed and so on it is a place that Allah has made sacred and what the author تعالى, says another was that Allah removed from it difficulties and seditions prevalent in all the other lands of the Arabs we mentioned this, we hinted at this yesterday in Surah Quraish Ilafi Quraysh, Ilafi Mihalat al Shita, it was safe. And that's why, because some of the scholars said that the safety and security that Allah is referring to in that Surah is a safety and security that is economic. That they had wealth and they had trade and they had commerce. And others said that it is political. Because whilst there was other civil wars that used to rage between the different tribes, even in Medina, as we know between the Aus and the Khazraj, the Quraysh, many large, was saved from this and they had unity amongst themselves. And that is from the greatest blessings that Allah Azawajal bestowed upon them.
0: And to recite the Quran in order to call you to faith. Whoever is guided is only guided to his own good, since he will have the reward of being guided. If anyone is misguided from faith and is mistaken about the path of guidance, to say to him, I am only a warner. Meaning, I am only responsible for conveying the message. That was before the command to fight. Say, Praise be to Allah. He will show you his signs and you will recognize them. Allah showed them killing and capture at the Battle of Badr, and the angels struck their faces and backs, and Allah hastened them to the fire. Your Lord is not unaware of what you do Read as Ta'maloon and ya'maloon What they do He grants them a respite Until their time comes Surah qasas The story This surah is Meccan Except for ayat 52 to 55 Which are Medinan, And ayat 85 Which was revealed at al During the Hijrah It has 88 ayat And was sent
1: down after al naml This is the 28th surah <coughs> of the Quran And that is Surah qasas And Qasas is the plural of qissa. So, the translation of it is not the story, but the stories. It is a plural. It is a Makki surah as mentioned by uh, the author, Rahimullah Ta'ala, that is a position of Ibn Kathir in many of the early scholars. However, because there are some verses that it is said are an exception to it, that is why the author تعالى, is mentioning, as he usually does, even though he states that the surah is Makkan, there are some verses that are an exception to that rule. And this story is called and uh, known as Surah Al Qasas, which means the stories. And Ibn Ashur Rahimahullah Ta'ala in his Tafseer wa He mentions that the reason for its naming as Al-Qasas Is because Musa Alayhi salam will say within it فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُ وَقَصَّ عَلَيْهِ الْقَصَصَ That is the reason that it is named and Allah Azzawajal knows best
0: al-Rahim. Taseem best what the letters mean Those are the signs of the clear book meaning ayat from the book which distinguishes between truth and falsehood We recite to you with truth some news of Musa and Pharaoh for people who believe and so are able to
1: benefit from it so, this surah, Surah Al Qasas, is going to be one in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions extensively the story of the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already previously, what we've read thus far of the Quran, spoken about the story of Musa alayhi salam in some detail in a number of places in the Quran. Surah Al Araf being one of them, Surah Taha being another. And yet, his story will continue to be mentioned, such as in Surah Al Ghafir in some detail and elsewhere. And that is because the story of the Prophet Musa, as we mentioned before, is the one that is most repeated in the Qur'an. And the name of Musa is mentioned from the very beginning of the Qur'an to the very end. And we more or less have all of his life story as it's been relayed to us in different stages throughout the Qur'an. And if you were to actually look in the sunnah of the Prophet, we don't have time to go through this, but if you were actually to look in the number of times that the name of Musa is mentioned in the sunnah, You would find that in many of the key incidents In the life of the Prophet It is the Prophet Musa That is being referred to And just a couple of quick examples Of that, the first of them is when The Prophet goes to visit his uh, The cousin of Khadija At the beginning of Revelation And he tells him The experience that he had in the cave with Jibreel And Waraka replies And he says, the angel that came to you Is the same one that came to Musa Even though Waraka is a knowledgeable man And a scholar of the scriptures Of both the Torah and the Injil And for the Torah and the Injil Therefore he believes in Musa And he believes in Isa And Isa comes after Musa So surely it would make more sense To mention Musa Or for him to say Because he's an Arab And the Arabs knew that the lineage were back to Ibrahim To say there is the same angel That visited Ibrahim But he doesn't mention either of those two Instead he mentioned Musa and that is already an indication of the similarities between us and between the tribe or the nation of Musa and between our Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Prophet Musa Alayhi salam, And from them is as we mentioned in Surah Al-Isra The incident of Al-Isra and Mi'raj That from all of the Prophets that the Prophet Sallallahu Encounters and meets It is the Prophet Musa Alayhi salam That is telling him to constantly go back and forth Back and forth And then the mention of Musa Alayhi salam Is much in the Quran And much in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu And that is because there are so many lessons That can be derived from it And so Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala at times Focuses on just certain aspects of his life Primarily his, his dialogue And then his uh, interaction with Pharaoh But then as we've seen in Surah Al-Kahf And elsewhere We have many other parts of the story of Musa alayhi salam, With his tribe, with his people With Khadr Alayhi salam, with Bani Israel With the worship of the calf, And all of those other things And in this Surah in particular We will have the mention of the story of Musa alayhi salam As it relates to The pre-Prophethood uh, portion of his life, the stage before receiving profiting and that is his child and his upbringing and his marriage inna
0: fir'aun ala fil ahlaha Pharaoh exalted himself arrogantly in the land of Egypt and divided its people into camps minhum yudabbihu oppressing one group of them meaning the tribe of Israel by slaughtering their sons and letting their women live because one of their priests had told Pharaoh that a child would be born among the tribe of Israel who would be the reason for the loss of his kingdom he was one of the corruptors
1: by killing and in other ways (laughs) in verse number 4 the (laughs) author mentions this story which is one that is related in all of the books of Tafsir and in the the books of the stories of the prophets and the books of history and we've alluded to it. Before that, is that, it is said that Pharaoh saw a dream or that a dream was, saw, was seen by one of his advisors. That is destruction and the destruction of his kingdom would come at the hands of one of the children of Bani Israel. And Bani Israel, it is said, remained in Egypt from the time of Yusuf alayhi salam So when Yusuf alayhi salam comes and settles there, from that time they continue to reside there and the copts who are the the Egyptians, the actual people who are indigenous to that land, over time they begin to enslave them and put them into bondage. And so they become their slaves. So Pharaoh sees this dream that he will not be destroyed because of a child. So he decrees that they should all be killed. Their women can live because the dream specifies a boy, but as for their male children, as they are born they should be killed. So every day the soldiers of Pharaoh walk in the streets of Egypt in the paths, and the streets, and alleyways where Ben Israel lived, listening for the cries of a newborn child and a baby, so that if they find them, they will kill them.
0: <coughs> we desire to show kindness to those who are oppressed in the land, and to make them leaders to be followed as good examples, and make them inheritors of the kingdom of Pharaoh. لَهُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ And establish them firmly in the land of Egypt and Syria And to show, read as Nawah and also يَرَى In which case the meaning becomes so that Pharaoh and Haman and their troops might see To show Pharaoh and Haman and their troops the very thing that they were fearing from them In the form of a child who would remove their kingdom Be revealed either by inspiration or in a dream To the mother of Musa Who was the child anticipated by the priest And only his sister was aware that he had been born Suckle him And then when you fear for him Cast him into the sea Meaning the Nile Do not fear that he will drown or grieve over parting from him we will return him to you and make him one of the messengers She nursed him for three months During which time he did not cry and she did not fear for him Then she placed him in a box covered with pitch on the inside And made it comfortable for him She closed it and put it into the Nile one night
1: In verse number 7 Allah subhanahu wa says We revealed to the mother of Musa that she should suckle him And this is something that we referred to before in terms of the difference between revelation as revelation sent by Allah in terms of prophethood by an angel or revelation by the meaning of inspiration. That it is an extremely strong conviction of the heart that Allah places in the heart of someone that they know that something is to be correct and right. And that is something which not only the mother of Musa received alayhi but it is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to others like Umar radiyallahu anhu. And so this is what is being referred to Not revelation as in terms of An angel came to her But revelation in terms of the other meaning Which is inspiration Which Allah mentions in Surah Al-Nahl As the bees having ila an-nahl. It It is said that uh, Pharaoh Because he had decreed that all of the male children Of Bani Israel should be killed After a while his advisors said to him That if you continue to kill them We will have no male slaves left So you have to think of a different solution so he decreed that one year they would be killed and the other year that they would be left alone. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed that in the year that there would be you no know, killing, the older brother Harun alayhi salam would be born. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would allow Musa alayhi salam to be born in the year in which there was to be killing. And one of the benefits of this turning in Surah al Qasas of the story of Musa alayhi salam for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam and then by extension for us, is to see Allah's divine care and protection and aid And how Allah loves And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the believers He is not just Ar-Rahim Which is a general mercy He is Latif Which is a specific mercy And a way that we cannot understand We don't know And just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors the Prophet Musa alayhi salam in this way Because Allah could have decreed that it's the other way around Musa is born in the year in which there's no killing. How born in the year that there's killing. Or Allah decrees that there's a two-year gap between the two brothers. So both of them are born in a year there's no killing. There are many options. But Allah wants him to be born here. And Allah will want him to be placed in the Nile. And Allah Azza wa Jalla will want him to come to the household of Pharaoh. To show that despite Pharaoh having the ability, he's in his grasp, the one who will destroy his kingdom, he's unable to harm even a hair on his head. Because that is the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just as, and we don't have time to go But if you go through the books of Sirah And you look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepared For the coming of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa In terms of the story of the, of the discovery of Zamzam In terms of the station of, of Abdul Muttalib amongst the Quraysh In terms of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, The story of the slaughtering of his father and so on All of those shows you how Show you how Allah azza wa prepared for the coming of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Even before he's born And likewise with Musa alayhi salam, even before he's made a prophet of Allah, he's already under Allah's divine care and protection. So she was told that when you fear for your son, place him, it was inspired to her, place him in the sea, in the river, meaning the river Nile. And the scholars differ as to if it means place him in the river, meaning tie him up in the river, so if the soldiers come, you place him, the river's at the back of her property, she places him in the river, and she's meant to tie up the post, the, the, the basket to a pillar or post, And then retrieve her, to retrieve Musa a.s. once the soldiers leave, whether that is the meaning, or whether the meaning is actually to place him in the river and let him flow, and trust him to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Quran doesn't specify one or the other, and Allah knows best. And what he mentions at the end in terms of the nursing period and the type of box and stuff, this is from the Israeliyat, and Allah knows best.
0: The household of Pharaoh, meaning his servants, picked him up in the box And it was placed in front of Pharaoh And he opened it and lifted out of it Musa Who was sucking milk from his thumb So that he, meaning Pharaoh, might be an enemy by killing their men And his source of grief, read as Hazan and huzn, To them by enslaving their women wa haman wa Certainly Pharaoh and Haman, the chief minister of Pharaoh, and their troops were in the wrong by disobeying Allah and will be punished at the hands of Musa.
1: In verse number eight, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they picked up the household of Pharaoh picked up Musa alayhi salam Liyakuna Lahum. Agu wahazana Liyakuna the lamb in Liyakuna this follows differ over what it refers to. The position taken by the Muhali Rahimallah Ta'ala is that it is a lamb al aqiba a lamb of punishment. That's why he says So that he may become An enemy for them So he's a punishment for them They picked him up Allah wanted them To take him So that he would be A punishment for them That's one position And the other one Is the one that is chosen By Ibn Kathir And Ibn Qayyim And Shaykh shaqiti Alayhim rahmatullah And others That the lamb is ta'leel A lamb of causation Meaning that they pick him up and Allah Azza wa Jalla will make him a sign for them, and because of that, and they refuse him, eventually, it will lead to what it leads to. Meaning that it was a sign for them. It wasn't sent for them, so that he, uh, he will be a punishment for them. It is a sign for them, so that they may take heed, they may benefit, they may understand what's going on. But when they refuse to, clearly, in the end result, they will end up being punished. And Allah knows best.
0: The wife of Pharaoh Who was with the aides Said when Pharaoh wanted to kill him A source of delight for me and for you Do not kill him It may well be That he will be of use to us Or perhaps we could adopt him as his son
1: They obeyed her They were not aware Of what the final outcome would be in verse number nine, Allah Azza wa this is the first mention in the story of Musa Alayhi salam of the wife of Pharaoh And Allah Azza wa Jal will praise at the end of Surah At-Tahreem and set forth the parable of a believing woman in the wife of Pharaoh and she was one of the believers as we mentioned before from the household of Pharaoh Alayhi Salaam, her name it is said was Asiya and Asiyah was a believer Which shows you that even in the depths of disbelief And shirk and transgression and oppression The light of Iman can come This is his wife And just as you have the wife of Pharaoh Then we've already given the examples of the wives of Lot And Nuh السلام, Despite their husbands being prophets of Allah Messengers of Allah Receiving revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala They still choose the path of shirk She says to Pharaoh The wife of Pharaoh meaning She says to him Let us take him as a son let us adopt him as a son so that he may benefit
0: us. <coughs> Musa's mother felt a great emptiness in her heart when she heard that he had been picked up. And she almost gave him away By admitting that he was her son Only we fortified her heart By making her steadfast and calm So that she would be one of the believers Who affirmed the
1: promise of Allah In verse number 10 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions A very uh, interesting point of eloquence And that is that the word heart In verse number 10 Is referred to in two different words Ummi Musa The word Fuad refers to her heart And then at the end of the verse The word Qalb Also refers to her heart And Allah mentions two different words in Arabic For the heart And the scholars Disagree somewhat as to what the of eloquence or the wisdom is behind that but what is mentioned by Ibn Qutayba and Al-Raghib al Asfahani and others rahmatullah, is that the difference between the two, both of them refer to heart and when they're mentioned independently both of them speak about the heart but when they're mentioned together the difference between the two is that the Fuad is the one that is overcome by emotion and the Qalb is the one that is tempered by logic and rationale so when Allah Azzawajal says أُمِّ مُوسَى Her heart was empty, meaning that she's in complete emotion. She lost her child. Her child has gone down river. She's afraid for him. She doesn't know what's going to happen. She doesn't understand what the future will hold. As any parent would be if they lost a young baby, a child that has no ability to defend itself or speak or in any way communicate. It is a baby still within a basket. They would lose their senses. And that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to. But then Allah Azza wa makes her heart firm, and she has iman, and she understands. And it is said, according to one of those tafaseer or one of those narrations of the story, that this is when she realizes that she forgot to tie up the basket of Musa alayhi salam to a pillar or post, and so the basket goes down river. So when she sees him, as Allah Azza wa will later mention in the in, in, in uh, Allah mentions in this verse, إن كانت لتُبدي she almost gave him away, meaning that she almost screamed for help, asked someone to retrieve her son. But she realized that if she did so, then the soldiers of Pharaoh would return. And they would take her child and they would kill her. So either way, she was leaving, she was, he was going to die. So she left her affairs in the hands of Allah and entrusted her affairs to him. So when she had that understanding, now that logic kicks in, she understands Allah Azza wa calls it, قلب. And the word Qalb is the one that uses the heart to think and to reflect and to contemplate And that is why in the Quran when Allah speaks about those people who don't contemplate about the disbelievers Allah Azza wa says Allah uses the word Qalb because it is about them not only using their heart But it is about them contemplating and reflecting and Allah knows best
0: She said to his sister Maryam, go after him Meaning, follow him in order to obtain news about him. And she kept an eye on him from afar. But they were not aware that she was his sister and that she was watching him.
1: And so, in verse 11, the sisters told to go and follow him. And uh, the point that I want to mention here is the commentary of Al Mahali that her name was Maryam, which is not from an authentic narration. But as we said before when we were speaking in Surah Maryam, that they call her Ya Harun. A oh, sister of Harun, and so therefore they say that she was a sister to Musa and to Harun salam, and that is the methodology upon which the author ta'ala seems to uh, take. But as we mentioned in the tafsir of Surah Maryam, that, that is not the strongest opinion as to the tafsir of that verse, and Allah knows best.
0: We first made him refuse all wet nurses until he was returned to his mother. So she meaning his sister said when she saw that they were concerned for him Shall I show you to a household who will feed him for you and be good to him When Pharaoh agreed to her request she brought her mother and Musa accepted her breast When he asked her about that she said that she had good milk with a good scent He allowed her to nurse him in her house and she brought him back home with her as Allah says that is how he returned him to his mother, so that she might delight her eyes by having him return to her and feel no grief. And so that she would know that Allah's promise to return him to her is true. But most of them, meaning people, do not know this promise. And that those involved were his sister and mother He remained with her until she weaned him And she was paid a dinar every day for that She took it because it was the money of a halbī, Someone with whom they were at war She brought him to Pharaoh and he grew up with him As Allah Almighty reports in Surah we not, Did we not bring you up among us as a child And did you not spend many years of your life among
1: us And this final commentary of <laughs> Al-Mahali ta'ala Is really needed And this is from the Israeli And the fact that she took the money because they're an enemy And whatever is something which uh, isn't relevant to this story and nor is it a correct position Allah knows best. But the point here being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows and this is where the story ends in terms of his childhood, in terms of his birth and in terms of how he ends up in the household of Pharaoh that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from his blessings and from the way that he gives the believers his divine and protection is that not only did he take the situation or take Pharaoh, take Musa alayhi salam from his mother placed him in the lap of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was unable to harm him, but also he returns Musa alayhi salam to his mother. And then his mother going from a state of fear and terror where she had to hide this baby, not being able to show him in public, afraid that someone may speak about him or alert the authorities to him or that the authorities themselves would become alerted to his presence. Now she is able to feed him in all security, in all comfort, with no fear, because now Pharaoh himself has given the green light and sanction that he is to be left alone and safe and that he can have what he needs and so on. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changes that whole situation from a single incident as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala often
0: does. And when he reached his full strength at the age of 30 or 33 years old and maturity at the age of 40, we gave him judgment, meaning wisdom and knowledge, in the form of understanding of the deen before sending him as a prophet. That is how we
1: recompense good doers. In verse number 14, Allah mentioned something similar in the story of Yusuf. And Allah says, When Yusuf reached his full strength, we gave him judgment and knowledge. Here, Allah says the same thing, but He adds the word was and he was mature. And this is a nice question uh, that I would normally ask you to research, but I have a different question in mind for today. So, the the reason that some of the scholars say that there is that discrepancy or that difference between the two verses is because Yusuf alayhi salam, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, has already given him prophethood at their age. And Allah has already inspired and revealed to him. So Allah doesn't need to mention his maturity because he's already a Prophet of Allah and the Prophets of Allah are mature. It is understood and implicit in the meaning of Prophethood. Whereas the Prophet Musa is not yet a Prophet and he will receive Prophethood much later from this story. So Allah mentions this to show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had already given him maturity as well before he received Prophethood from Allah and Allah knows best.
0: وَدَخَلَ الْمَدِينَةَ عَلَىٰ حِينِ غَفْلَةٍ مِّنْ أَهْلِهَا He, meaning Musa, entered the city of Pharaoh, which was Memphis, after he had been absent from it for a time, at a time when its inhabitants were unaware, meaning at midday. فَوَجَدَ فِيهَا هَذَا مِنْ شِيَعَتِهِ وَهَذَا مِنْ عَدُوِّهِ and found two men, an Israelite and a copt, fighting there, one from his party and the other from his enemy. The copt was trying to force the Israelite to carry firewood to Pharaoh's kitchen. The one from his party Meaning the Israelite Asked for his support Against the other from his enemy Musa said let him go It is said that he said to Musa You want me to attack you? So Musa hit him With his open palm Dealing him a fatal blow He was very strong And so killed him When it had not been his intention to kill him He buried him in the sand he said, This death is part of Shaytan's handiwork, who provoked my anger. He truly is an outright and misleading enemy to the sons of Adam, and clearly
1: misleads people. In verse 15 onwards, Allah mentions the second stage of his life, and that is the reason for which he will be led to flee from Egypt. And it is this challenge and trial that Musa will face that will make him leave Egypt. Then go to another place where he will settle and get married That will then in turn lead him to receiving profit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And often it is a challenge and difficulty That leads a person to ease and blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says, Allah Azawajal says that he entered into the city And the author says, rahim Allah ta'ala, Memphis And obviously clearly this is not the one in Tennessee, in the US This is what they say was the name of the city in Egypt And Allah Azawajal knows best at a time when its people were unaware, meaning that they were asleep, that they were resting. And that's why the scholars say it was midday because the people would be at home. And not like our time now when the situation is that people don't really have those midday naps, especially where we live in the West. But it was obviously something common and still is in that part of the world. Musa <inaudible> found these two men. One of them is an Israelite and the other one is a cot, An Egyptian. And so the one who's an Israelite seems like he's being oppressed So Musa comes to his aid And in doing so he strikes the other one with a blow And some narrations mention with a fist And by striking him, he unwittingly or un- unintentionally kills him And so Musa alayhi salam kills him accidentally Never intending to kill him, simply to stop his oppression But not realizing the strength that he has alayhi And that is the reason for which on the al qiyamah when the people will come to the different Prophets of Allah Seeking intercession for them It is the reason for which Musa Alayhi Salaam will absolve himself From that responsibility As every other Prophet will mention something And Musa Alayhi salam will say As for me I killed a soul that I was not commanded to kill Even though this is before Prophethood
0: yeah. He said in regret for having killed him My Lord I have wronged myself Forgive me so he forgave him إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ He is the ever forgiving, the most merciful, both before and after time He said, my lord, because of your blessing upon me and forgiving me, you have protected me and I will never be a supporter of evil doers after this if you protect me Morning found him in the city, fearful and on his guard, waiting to see what would happen to him on account of killing the Copt. Then suddenly, the man who had sought his help the day before shouted for help from him again against another Copt. Musa said, to him, you are clearly a misguided man because of what you did yesterday and today. And so Musa alayhi
1: <coughs> is living in a state of fear. Allah says, He is living in fear and he's listening for news. Because it is said that Pharaoh had issued a command that anyone who kills an Egyptian has the death penalty. He dies. And so he's listening for the news and is on alert. What will happen? Will people find out? Will that news emerge? And so on. Musa Ali the next day is walking again and he sees the same man. The same Israelite but this time with a different Egyptian. So some of the scholars say that now he realizes that this man is always in this situation. He wasn't someone who was generally oppressed. But every day he seems to find himself in this situation. Meaning he's a troublemaker. He's someone who seeks out these types of events. And so Musa says to him, indeed you are a person who is clearly misguided for that reason.
0: But when he, meaning Musa, was about to grab the man who was their common enemy, he, meaning the one who asked for help, thinking that he was going to hit him, said, Musa, do you want to kill me just as you killed a person yesterday? You only want to be a tyrant in the land You do not want to be a reformer When the Copt heard him say that He knew that it was Musa He went to Pharaoh and told him that And so Pharaoh commanded the executioners to kill Musa
1: And they set out to arrest him In verse 19 Allah subhanahu wa taala is saying So therefore Musa salam now steps forward again To resolve that situation He wants to separate the two men Because they are fighting and the Israel, because of what Musa alayhi salam says and he realizes that, that Musa alayhi salam understands what I do. He's fearful that actually Musa this time is coming to him to attack him. And he saw yesterday the power of Musa and his strength alayhi salam and what he did to that man with a single blow. So as he's approaching him he says don't do what you did yesterday. Don't kill me like you killed that man yesterday. And when he says that the other man realizes then the Egyptian that it was Musa who committed the act of killing that man. And so he flees. he runs away to go and tell Pharaoh. And so his issue becomes exposed because of that man. And Allah knows best.
0: A man, meaning a believer of the family of Pharaoh, came running from the furthest part of the city by a shorter route than that Pharaoh's men were taking. قَالَ Saying, Musa, the council of the people of Pharaoh, are conspiring to kill you. So leave the city. إِنِّي لَكَ مِنَ I am someone who brings you good
1: advice by telling you to leave. In verse 20, Allah says, wa says, a man came and the author says he is the believer of the family of Pharaoh. And the believer of the family of Pharaoh that was mentioned yesterday and again here today is referring to the one that Allah will mention in Surah Ghafir. That is what is being referred to. But there is no evidence that this is the same man. And Allah knows best. And Allah Jalla knows best because this is an incident that takes place before prophethood. And the umin of Ali comes after Musa Alayhi Salam returns with prophethood and that message from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And Allah knows best.
0: So he left there fearful and on his guard about those looking for him or looking for Allah to help him. Saying, My Lord, rescue me from the people of the wrongdoers, meaning the people of Pharaoh. When he turned his face in the direction of Median, meaning the town of Sha'ib, which was an eight day journey from Egypt. In Median, he was called the son of Ibrahim. Musa did not know the root. <laughs> he said, "Perhaps my Lord will guide me to the right way, the easiest way to it." Allah sent an angel with a staff in his hand to direct him to it.
1: In verse number twenty-two, Allah subhanahu wa taala goes on to the third stage of his early life. So we have his birth, and we have this incident now that causes him to flee, and now this is the third stage, which is where he will get married and settle. And this is the place that Allah Azzawajal calls Madiyan He will go to this place, Madiyan Madiyan is the same one That is one of in the Quran that Allah Azzawajal Sent the people of, or sent The Prophet Shu'ib to There is a mistranslation here though The translator has translated this as In Madiyan, he was called The son of Ibrahim And that's not what Al-Muhalli says or refers to Rather he says that this City of Madian is known as Madian ibn Ibrahim. That's what the city is known as. Not that Musa when he arrives in Madian, is known as the son of Ibrahim, but rather the name of the city is Madian ibn Ibrahim. That is the difference. And so I think that there is a misunderstanding in what Al-Mahali rahimahullah is referring to, because it doesn't make sense that they would call him the son of Ibrahim. His father's name is Imran. Why would they call him randomly the son of Ibrahim? And so it is the city name that is being referred to, and Allah knows best.
0: When he arrived at the water of the well of Median, he found a crowd of people drawing water there for their flocks. Standing apart from them He found two women Holding back their sheep From the water He meaning Musa Said to them What are you two doing here? Meaning why are you not drawing water? They said We cannot draw water Until the shepherds Have driven off their sheep Read as Out of fear of jostling with them You see, our father is a very old man Too old to water the sheep So he drew water for them From another well close to them Removing from it a stone Which it would normally have taken ten men to lift And then withdrew into the shade of an acacia To escape the heat of the sun He was hungry and said My lord I am truly in need of any good Meaning food you have in store for me The two women returned to their father in less time than it usually took them He asked them about it and they told him about the man who had drawn water for them He told one of them to invite him
1: (coughs) In these verses, verses 23 and 24 Allah says that when Musa arrives there He's fleeing, he's on the run He's fleeing for his life and so he comes to this place called Madhya and he sees something strange and that is that there are these shepherds who are watering their flocks and there are two women also with a flock of sheep but instead of the men being chivalrous helping them letting them go first helping and aiding them they're left to the side and the men are there busy with their thing wanting to finish their job and leave and they're waiting out of their modesty that they don't want to mix with the men and push them and jostle with them and so on and so when Musa sees this despite
0: him being someone who is fleeing on the run A stranger to this land
1: He doesn't just put his head down Mind his own business and carry on But he writes the wrong that he sees And that is the personality of Musa Ali salatu wassalam, That he would help And that he was someone who would be A positive force in the community Even in a situation Like the one that he finds himself in Fa. And this is uh, all from Again from the Israeli That it was a different while, wow, That there was a stone That would have taken ten men to remove And so on Allah knows best but what the Qur'an seems to say is that she, He watered from for the women From the same watering hole That everyone else was using <ضِل> And again whether it's an acacia tree Or somewhere else He went to the shade That's what Allah Azza wa Jalla says He went to the shade That could have been a tree Could have been a boulder A rock Anything And he makes the dua And the dua is not because he's hungry According to the strongest opinion Amongst the scholars of the But when he says Rabbi إِنِّي لِمَا أَنزَلْتَ إِلَيَّ min خَيْرٍ فَقِيرٍ Oh Allah, I am in need in poverty of what you send down for me of goodness and blessing. It doesn't mean food or sustenance, but rather it means as a means of ex- uh, uh, taking out of the difficult situation that he finds himself in. That's what he's referring to. That O oh Allah, make my affair easy for me. I am in need of your blessing and your guidance upon me. And that is because the Prophets are not worried about food and those types of issues. That is a secondary issue. When they make dua to Allah, their duas are more noble than a dua for just simply food and sustenance. Just as we mentioned in the story of Zakariya, when he asks for a son Yahya, and he says that I fear for my relatives, that we said that it's not the fear of his inheritance and his money, but rather it is a fear of religion and spreading the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And always when it comes to the stories of the prophets, to make tafsir of them in the best possible way and in the best possible manner, with the best possible tafsir that is most likely to be befitting of someone of that station and level, that is a better methodology and Allah knows best.
0: One of them came, walking shyly up to him, and it is related that she veiled her face with the sleeve of her tunic out of modesty. And said, My father invites you so that he might so that he may pay you your wage for drawing water for us. He responded to the invitation, even though he did not want to take a wage, since it appeared that she intended to offer recompense if he was the type of person who would want one. She walked in front of him, and the wind began to blow aside her garment and expose her legs. He told her, Walk behind me and direct me to the way. She did that until he came until he came to her father, peace be upon him, who was having his evening meal. He said to him, Sit and eat. He answered, I fear that it is compensation for getting water for them. And I come from the people of a family who does not seek recompense for good deeds. He said, no, but my custom and the custom of my father's is to give hospitality to guests and to give them food. When he came to him and told him the whole story about killing the and of the intention to kill him and his fear of Pharaoh, he, meaning Sha'ib, said, have no fear. You have escaped from wrongdoing people, meaning Pharaoh had no authority in Madian.
1: In verse 25, again, much of this commentary that you can see that al Muhalli brings is from the Isra'iliyat, From the Israelite traditions that Allah knows best concerning its authenticity or lack thereof But the issue that is mentioned here that requires some attention is that they come to their father And the author تعالى, says he is Shu'ib meaning the Prophet of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala And the scholars differ greatly over who is this man that was the father of these two women That one of them would marry Musa Alayhi and the whole reason of why there is this difficulty or confusion or difference of opinion Is because Allah calls this area Madian And there is only one Madian that is mentioned in the Quran And that is the Madian of Shu'ib Alayhi salam. So from the scholars like Al-Mahalli mentions is those who chose the position that it is still Shuaib Alayhi salam that is living from that time Even though Shu'ib Alayhi salam comes after Hud and Nuh and Salih and, and, and Lut, السلام, as he mentions elsewhere, as Allah mentions elsewhere in the Quran, meaning that there is a very big gap in terms of generations and time frame between them. But they say that he was still living, and that is the position from the scholars of Tafsir, or the famous scholars of Tafsir who chose that position, Ali Imam Al Qurtubi seems to support that position, and Al Mahalli and others. So it's not a fringe opinion, there are scholars of Tafsir who chose that opinion, and others said that he was a believer from the descendants of the people of Madian, of Shoaib either from his descendants himself or from the believers who left Madhiyan or were saved from the punishment of Medyan. and so that's why some of them said it is a different Madhiyan an area called Madhiyan Ibn Ibrahim and this man and there is no authentic notion to even say the man's name is Shu'ayb, by the way but that is what they say and so therefore he is a believer from the people of Madhiyan meaning from their descendants and not the Prophet himself Either way What is the position Of the majority of the scholars Is that it is not The Prophet of Allah salam. Whether his name is Shuaib Or not Shuaib it is not the Prophet Shu'ib But rather A righteous man A good man Who when he sees That Musa السلام, Is sincere And when That, that he has been wrong And that he is in fear Of his life And that he is a man Of integrity And honesty He takes him in And he gives him shelter. And Allah Knows best <laughs>
0: One of them The one who had been sent, which might have been (coughs) either the younger or the older, said, Hire him, father. Take him on as an employee to tend to our sheep instead of us. (laughs) The best person to hire is someone strong and trustworthy. He should be hired on account of his strength and trustworthiness. Shu'aib asked her about that, and she told him how he had lifted the stone from the wall, and had told her to walk behind him. When she went to him and he recognized her, he lowered his head and did not lift it. Shereb wanted to marry one of his daughters to him.
1: And this is a, a beautiful thing that Allah okay. Subhanahu wa Taala mentions in verse 26, and the difference between this and between what Allah Azza wa mentions in Surah Yusuf concerning Yusuf salam when he comes to the king and he says, إجعلني على خزائن الأرض إني حفيظ Make me the treasurer of your land, for indeed I am someone who will preserve and someone who is knowledgeable. And the difference therefore between a leader and between someone who helps the leader. Yusuf Ali Islam is being put in the position of leadership. He is a leader. And the qualities of a leader is that it's someone who has to be hafeel, someone who has integrity, someone who is principled, and someone who is knowledgeable, because it is through that knowledge that they're able to determine what is beneficial and what is harmful. And then someone who is used as help or someone who is their assistant or someone who is their minister or someone who helps them to fulfill that goal, it is the attributes that we have here in Surah Al-Qasas. And that is that they are أمين, strong and not just strong in physical strength, but strong in being able to stand up with those principles and those rules and that knowledge that they have been told by their leaders. And amin, trustworthy in their position that they have been given and Allah knows best.
0: He said, I would like to marry to I would like to marry you to one of these two daughters of mine, either the elder or the younger, on condition that you work for me, tending my sheep for eight full years. If you complete ten, that is up to you. I do not want to be hard on you by stipulating that you must stay for ten. سَتَجِدُنِي إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ مِنَ You will find me, Allah willing to be one of the righteous who fulfills his contracts. He, meaning Musa, said that which you said is agreed between me and you. الْأَجَلِينِ فَلَا عُدُوَانٌ عَلَيْهِ Whichever of the two terms I fulfill, eight or ten years. There should be no bad feeling towards me, no hostility by way of seeking more than that. Allah is guardian over what we say. He completed that contract and Shaib instructed his daughter to give Musa his staff with which to drive away wild animals from his flock. He had the staff of the prophets with him. The staff of Adam had come into his hand from the myrtle tree of paradise and Musa took it with Shaib's knowledge.
1: And this is <coughs> verse 28 as you can clearly see when you have narrations like this they are from the Israiliyat not authentic from the Prophet sallallahu and the fact that he has a staff that comes from Adam and his pastor generation to generation prophet to prophet is something which seems to be far-fetched and Allah knows okay. best but what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse uh, in 28 whichever of the two terms I fulfill then there will be no harm upon me meaning that I am free to choose either of those two options he gave me the 8 or 10 And the scholars say that he chose the ten because the prophets always go for what is more complete. And when they give their word and they give the option, they will choose the one that is more complete. And that is because of the character of the prophets in terms of their integrity, their honesty, and their fulfilling, their oaths and their promises.
0: When Musa had fulfilled the appointed term, possibly seven or eight years, although ten is more probable, and had set off with his family, meaning his wife accompanied him with the permission of her father in the direction of Egypt, he noticed a fire from one side of the mount. Paul, <coughs> meaning Sinai was, the na- Sinai, was the name of the mountain. He told his family, Stay here, I can see a fire. Perhaps I will bring you back some news from it Of their root Since they had become lost Or a burning branch Read as jadwa and jidwa From the fire to use to light a fire So that you will be able to warm yourselves In
1: verse tonight <coughs> Now this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will mention that he gave Prophethood to Musa alayhi salam After the 10 year period of staying in Madhyan He decides to leave and go back to Egypt With his family and as they are leaving it is night and they get lost and so he sees a fire on top of a mountain thinking that perhaps it is a campfire so I will bring you news from them meaning directions or at the very least I will take a branch of that fire as a torch to light our way and Allah Azzawajal says here he says to his family in verse 29 Um Kuthu, you stay here and it is the plural which seems to show one of three approaches amongst the scholars of tafsir, because it is a plural and If he is just with his wife, why is he using the plural? The first of them is that it is a plural of respect As is in many cultures in Arabic, in Urdu, in other languages That when you refer to someone, you speak to them out of respect And this is from the character of Musa and his good etiquettes That even though he is referring to his wife He speaks to her in a manner of respect So he speaks to her in the plural form and not in the singular form That is one position of the scholars The other one is that he had children So it is his wife and children so he's saying to them, you stay, meaning all of you, his wife and his children. And the third position is that it is his wife, it is his wife and his servants, and not his children. His wife and his servants that he's referring to in the plural, and Allah knows best.
0: فَلَمَّا شَاقِئِ الْوَادِ الْأَيْمَنِ فِي مِنَ أَيَّامُ إِنِّي اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ but when he reached it, a voice called out to him Meaning Musa From the right hand side of the valley In the part which was full of blessing for Musa Since he heard the words of Allah there From out of the bush Which was either jujube, bramble or buckstone Musa, I am Allah, the Lord of all the worlds وَأَنْ Throw down your staff. He threw it down فَلَمَّا <laughs> Then when he saw it slithering Like a small quick snake He turned and fled And did not turn back again Musa approach And have no fear Come back You are one of those who are secure You are one of those who are secure Put your right hand inside your shirt front It will emerge pure white yet quite unharmed He brought it out and it was pure white Chained from its normal brownish color And shunned like the sun so that it dazzled the eyes And hug your arms to your sides to steal your fear Read as rahb, rahab, And Ruhb. This refers to the fear he felt upon seeing the whiteness of his hand He did as he was told and it returned to its normal state The arm here is called Janah. Literally wing Since for a human being The arm is like what the wing is for a bird These read as and referring to the staff and the hand are two proofs from your lord for pharaoh and his ruling circle They are a deviant people
1: In verse number 32 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he says إِلَيْكَ جَنَاحَكَ مِنَ الرَّهَبِ And hug your arms to your sides to still your fear. The author says in Mahalli, this refers to the fear he felt upon seeing the whiteness of his hand. And the position of many of the scholars with tafsir is that it is more general than this. It is not for fear of the whiteness of the hand that he saw, but that Allah commanded him to keep his hand close to his side when he would fear fear or experience fear in general. So even when he comes and stands in front of Pharaoh, and he experiences fear and terror. This was the way that Allah Azzawajal tells him what to do in order to have security. So it's not just to do with the white hand that he sees, but it is far more general. As Ibn Kathir mentioned and others, that it is a general thing to help him stabilize his fear, conquer his fear, so that he can stand in front of the greatest oppressor on the face of the earth and deal with him accordingly.
0: He said, My lord, I killed one of them, meaning the copt he had killed before, and I am afraid they will kill me and my brother Haemon is more eloquent than me with clearer speech so send him with me as a helper to support me but read as readen and ridden and back me up read as yusaddiquni an yusaddiqani yusaddiquni
1: yusaddiqani an yasdiqani saqa al akhir
0: inni i'm afraid they will call me a liar He said, we will reinforce you with your brother And by our signs, we will give you both authority So that they will not be able to lay a hand on you You and those who follow you Will be the victors over them
1: In these verses, verses 34 and 35 Musa alayhis salam is saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That there is a a bounty on my head If I go and stand before Pharaoh Even before I get to speak to him And call him to you And speak about Tawheed or anything else He will say you committed murder You're a murderer Go and execute him So I won't even get to that stage So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Use the signs that we will give you And that's why Allah Jalla tells him To throw down the staff So that he can see those signs the two signs that would be the signs for Pharaoh that would then make Pharaoh stop because he sees the snake, the staff sending to, to a snake, the whiteness of the hand of Musa alayhi salam and that makes him stop and then consult his advisors and then bring the other magicians and then the story develops from there. Otherwise, Musa alayhi salam is executed immediately. That is what is being referred to in Allah knows best.
0: فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُم مُوسَى بِآيَاتِنَا بَيِّنَاتٍ قَالُوا مَا هَذَا إِلَّا سِحْرٌ مُفْتَرَىٰ But when Musa brought them our clear signs they said This is nothing but trumped up, invented magic وَمَا سَمِعْنَا بِهَذَا فِي آبَائِنَا الْأَوَّلِينَ We never heard anything but like this among our early forefathers <laughs> the beginning of this ayah is read both With and without a wow Musa said my lord knows best Who has come with guidance from him And who will have read as takuna and yakuna, The best home in the end A praiseworthy outcome in the next world <laughs> The wrongdoers Meaning the unbelievers Will certainly not be successful <laughs> Pharaoh said, Counselor, I do not know of any other god for you apart from me. Her man kindle a fire for me over the clay and make bricks and build me a lofty tower so that perhaps I may be able to climb up to Musa's god and look at him. وَإِنِّي مِنَ I consider him a blatant liar in saying that there is another God and that he is his messenger.
1: In verse 38 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning Pharaoh that he said to his people I know of no other God besides, you for me, besides me for you. And then he speaks to Haman and Haman said, was his top advisor like his prime minister the one that would carry out his decrees and his accords. He says build for me a lofty tower That I may climb it and look at this God of Musa. So as we mentioned yesterday, uh, or in in one of the previous surahs, I know yesterday in surah Al-Shu'ara, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that that Pharaoh didn't know who Allah was. Is asking, what is this God of yours? And is not asking for him to describe Allah, because he doesn't even acknowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists, according to him. And this verse is used by the scholars to show that Pharaoh, despite his disbelief in Allah, when he says that I want to speak to Allah, which direction does he go to look for him? Does he say that I will look for him here, there, everywhere, underneath, outside, and the back, in the fields, in the farms? He says no. From his fitrah, he says, I will climb up to look for him. And that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed within the heart of everyone that that need and that knowing knowledge deep down that when they call upon their Allah They raise their hands up and they look up towards the sky to show that Allah Azza wa Jal is above the thrones And this is from the most beautiful examples of that and evidences in the Quran that even though Pharaoh is someone who rejects Allah When he comes to looking for him, he doesn't have to ask Pharaoh and where can I, where may I, he doesn't have to ask Musa Where may I find this God of yours, which, where do you recommend, where should I look, tell me Automatically he says to her man, build a lofty tower. And the word sarh isn't just a ladder. It is a tower. Build me a tower that I may climb up its steps and go and look for this God of Musa.
0: No. <laughs> he and his troops were argued in the land of Egypt without any right. <laughs> they thought that they would not return to us. Read as, Yurja'un and
1: yarji'oon.
0: So we seized him and his troops And flung them into the salt sea Where they were drowned See the final fate Meaning the destruction of the wrongdoers We made them leaders in this world Summoning to the fire by their shirk وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لَا And on the day of rising they will not be helped against the punishment from Allah وَأَتْبَعْنَاهُمْ فِي هَذِهِ الدُّنْيَا لَعْنَةِ We pursued them with a curse and disgrace in this world وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ مِنَ الْمَقْبُوحِينَ And on the day of rising they will be hideous and spurned we gave Musa the book, meaning the Torah, after destroying the alienations, the peoples of Nur, Ad, Tamud and others. To awaken people's hearts, and as a guidance away from misguidance for those who act by it, and a mercy for those who believe in it, so that perhaps they might pay heed and be admonished by the warnings which it contains. You, Muhammad وسلم, were not on the western side of the mountain or the valley when we gave Musa the command, meaning the message to Pharaoh and his people.
1: وَمَا كنت مِنَ You were not a witness so that you could know it. In verse 24 Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a common theme that you find in a number of stories of the Qur'an. That Allah عز و جل, after mentioning these stories and relaying them says to the Prophet Wasallam and the believers And you weren't there at the time You didn't witness this and were it not for our telling the story to you You would never have known it And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning for example the story of Maryam وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذْ يُلْقُونَ أَقْلَامَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ يَقْفُلُ مَرْيَمْ وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذْ يَخْتَصِيمُونَ and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning the story of, Musa, of Yusuf alayhi salam وَمَا لَدَيْهِمْ أمرهم You went there when they were disputing over who should be the guardian of Maryam And you went there when they were plotting against Yusuf alayhi salam And so that is a common thing and Allah azza wa will mention a number of points here in that, same, in that same vein or in that same context That all Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or Muslims you went there And this is from the beauty of the stories of the Qur'an, that they are true, number one, and number two, that they contain so many lessons and points of benefit.
0: Yet we produced further generations after Musa, and ages passed. So they forgot their contract with Allah. Many knowledges disappeared and revelations ceased. Therefore we brought you as a messenger and revealed to you the news of Musa and others. وَمَا كُنْتَ ثَاوِيًا فِي أَهْلِ مَدْيَنَ تَتْلُو عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِنَا وَلَكِنَّا كُنَّا مُرْسِلِينَ Nor did you you live among the people of Madyan and recite our signs to them Enabling you to learn their story and report it Yet we have sent you the news of them We sent the message to you with news of those who who went before وَمَا كُنْتَ بِجَانِبِ الطُولِ إِذْ دينا. Nor were you on the side of the mount when we called Musa to take hold of the book with vigour Yet it is a mercy from your Lord That he sent you So, so that you might warn the people Meaning the people of Mecca To whom no one came before So that perhaps they will pay heed أَن تُصِيبَهُمْ بِمَا قَدَّمَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ رَبَّنَا أَرْسَلْتَ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا فَنَتَّبِعَ آيَاتِكَ وَنَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ If a disaster, meaning punishment, had struck them because of what they, meaning the unbelievers, and others had already done, they would have said, Our Lord, why did you not send us a messenger, so that we could have followed your signs and been believers? <laughs> but when the truth <coughs> but when the truth, Muhammad Sallallahu did come to them from us, they said, Why has he not been given the same signs as Musa was given, such as the white hand, staff and other things, or the book all at once? Allah said But did they not previously reject? What Musa was given. They say about them two magics, meaning the Quran and the Torah, also read as sahiran, meaning two magicians, referring to Muhammad sallallahu and Musa, who back each other up. And they say we reject both books and
1: prophets of them. In verse 48 Allah subhanahu wa taala is saying that they demanded a sign. Like the signs that Musa was given and Allah says, but the people of Musa never believed because of their signs. And as we mentioned before, it is not just the simple appearance of miracles that gives people iman. It is not just them seeing miracles because they will often explain them away or justify them as some type of magic or sorcery or some type of craziness or poetry, whatever it may be. And so Allah says, Musa and his people had those signs, but that didn't mean that they believed either.
0: Say to them, bring a book then from Allah which guides better than both of them meaning the Quran and the Torah and follow it if you're telling the truth يَسْتَجِيبُوا لَكَ فَعْلَمْ أَنَّمَا يَتَّبِعُونَ If they do not respond to you meaning to your invitation to bring a book then know that they are merely following their whims and desires meaning unbelief. وَمَنْ And who could be further astray than someone who follows his whims and desires without any guidance from Allah إِنَّ Allah does not guide the people of the wrongdoers, meaning unbelievers We have conveyed the word to them and made the Qur'an clear to them So that perhaps they may pay heed, be warned and then believe those who gave the book before this, meaning before the Quran was revealed, believe in it This was revealed about a group of the Jews who became Muslims such as Abdullah ibn Salam and others And Christians who came from Abyssinia and from Syria <laughs> When it, meaning the Quran, is recited to them They say, we believe in it It is the truth from our Lord We were already Muslims Meaning believers in the divine unity before it came They will be given their reward twice over For believing in both books Because they have been steadfast in acting by both of them ويدرؤون السَّيِّئَةَ وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And because they ward off the bad with the good and give sadaqah from what we have provided for them سَمِعُوا اللَّغْوَ أَعْرَضُوا عَنْهُ وَقَالُوا لَنَا أَعْمَالُنَا وَلَكُمْ أَعْمَالُكُمْ when they hear worthless talk, meaning abuse and criticism from the unbelievers They turn away from it and say We have our actions and you have your actions Salaamun alaykum, Peace be upon you A blessed peace in which you are safe from abuse and other things La We do not desire the company of the ignorant Verse 56 The following was revealed about the eagerness of the Prophet for his uncle Abu Talib to have faith You cannot guide those who you would like ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء. Allah guides those who He wills. وهموا أعلم بالمهتدين. He has best knowledge of the guided.
1: And this is a hadith that we mentioned before, the hadith in Sahih Bukhari, verse 56, of the death of the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Abu Talib, and how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam came and stood by his deathbed and told him to say la ilaha illallah a statement that he would be able to use before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to argue on his behalf because Abu Talib no doubt helped by the permission of Allah the Muslims and the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi and defended him but he didn't have Iman and on the other side was Abu Lahab and all of those other leaders of Quraysh who said to Abu Talib how can you forsake the religion of your forefathers and your ancestors, your father, your grandfather and so on and so Abu Talib didn't accept Islam and that is something which upset the Prophet ﷺ. So Allah Azzawajal said to him, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي It is not up to you, you do not guide whomsoever you love. It is Allah who guides whomsoever he pleases. And that is why there will be enemies of the Prophet, as we know, like Ikrimah, the son of Abu Jahl, and others who will accept Islam and Wahshi, the assassin of Hamza. And then there are other people who are extremely close and beloved to the Prophet that don't receive guidance. And so guidance is in the hands of Allah. But this verse, verse 56 of Surah Al Qasas, uh, brings me to, today, to today's question. And that is that Allah, in this verse, is saying, You do not guide those whom you like. For those whom you love It is Allah who guides But at the end or towards the end of Surah shura Surah shura In the 25th juz of the Quran The penultimate verse Allah says وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ And you guide to the straight path So here Allah is saying that you don't guide It is Allah who guides But there in Surah shura Allah is saying to the Prophet You guide to the straight path So how do we understand and reconcile Between these two verses
0: وقالوا إن نتبع الهدى معك من أرضنا they his people say if we follow the guidance with you we shall quickly be forcibly uprooted from our land. Allah said have we not established a safe haven for them where they are safe from the attacks and killings which regularly occur among the Arabs to which projects of every kind is brought. read as Yujba and Tujba, provision for them direct from us. But most of them do not know it.
1: That what we say is the truth. In verse 57, that is a typo in the different Qiraat Yujba and Tujba, not Yuba and Tuba. Yujba with the Jim, with the J. Yujba and Tujba.
0: وَكَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا مِنْ How many cities, referring to their inhabitants, we have destroyed which lived in insolent ingratitude, meaning reflected in their lifestyle. فَتِلْكَ لَمْ They are their houses never again inhabited after them, except a little, referring to those who pass through them and rest there for a day or part of a day. وَكُنَّا It was we who were the... وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ مُهْلِكَ Your Lord would never destroy the inhabitants of any cities for wrong action without first sending to the chief of them, a messenger, to recite our signs to them We would never destroy any cities unless the inhabitants were wrongdoers in rejecting their messengers. Anything you have been given is only the enjoyment of the life of this world and its finery Which you enjoy during your life and which will then vanish What? Meaning reward is with Allah is better and longer lasting So will you not use your intellect but as تَعْقِلُونَ and يَعْقِلُونَ And realize that that which lasts is better than that which vanishes.
1: And this is another verse that is often repeated in the Quran, that this world and everything within it is nothing, it's enjoyment and adornment. But the real reward and the real pleasure and the real blessing is the blessing of the next life. And in order for a person to understand and have that mentality requires hard work, to understand that everything in this world, despite its beauty and despite its adornments and despite its enjoyments and comforts, it is indeed nothing insignificant compared to what Allah has prepared for the believers in the next life. So to be patient in this life, as the Prophet ﷺ said and described this world as the prison of the believer, to be patient upon it in order to receive that greater reward is something which takes a lot of self-discipline and self-control and perseverance. And that's why the hadith in the tirmidhi of mustawrid ibn Shaddad anhu he said that the Prophet said وسلم, the example of this life compared to the example of the next life is like the example of one of you dipping his water into the sea. You dip your water into the ocean, you take your how much of that water is taken away? That is the example of the dunya compared to the next life. And that is why that the hadith, <coughs> the Prophet said, وسلم, that a person will be brought on the day of judgment. All they experienced in this life was goodness and blessing and comfort and luxury but they were disbelievers so Allah will take them and dip them the smallest part dip them in the fire and that smallest exposure to the fire they will be asked did you ever experience any good any blessing any comfort any luxury and they will say no by Allah just because of that smallest exposure. And a person will be bought on the Day of Judgment who all they had in this life was difficulty after difficulty and hardship after hardship and calamity upon calamity, trial after trial. And they will be bought and dipped into Jannah, the smallest amount. And they will be asked, did you experience any hardship before? And they will say, no by Allah. And that is the reality of this dunya as compared to the reality of the next.
0: Is someone whom we have promised good, meaning the garden, and who then obtains it, the same as someone whom we have given enjoyment in the life of this world which rapidly passes, and who then on the day of rising is one of those brought to punishment in the fire, a reference to believers and unbelievers, meaning they are not equal. On the day when he summons them he will say Where are they? Those you claimed were my associates قَالَ الَّذِينَ Those meaning the leaders of misguidance Against whom the word has been justly carried out By their entering the fire will say our Lord, those people whom we misled, we only misled as we too were misled. We did not force them into error. We disown responsibility to you for them. It was not us, they were worshipping.
1: In this verse 63, Allah Azza wa says, those, meaning the leaders of misguidance, Al-Mahalli says And the scholars differ as to who those refers to Some of them said it refers to the Sha'ateen, the devils Others said that it refers to the, to the, uh, to the scholars that they misguided them And others said many different opinions But all of them come back to the comprehensive tafsir that you have in front of you in, By Al-Mahalli, leaders of misguidance It includes them all, it includes devils, it includes their leaders It includes everyone who misguided them
0: they will be told Call on your partner gods Which you claimed were the partners of Allah They will call on them But they will not respond to them Or their supplication They will see the punishment Oh, If only they had been guided in this world وَيَوْمَ يُنَادِيهِمْ فَيَقُولُ مَاذَا أَجَبْتُمُ الْمُرْسَلِينَ On the day when he summons them, he will say How did you respond to the messengers? فَعَمِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَنْبَاءُ يَوْمَئِذٍ فَهُمْ لَا That day, the facts. Meaning, the answer to that question will be unclear to them, and they will find no way to save themselves, and they will not be able to question one another, and will remain
1: silent. And this is one of those verses that I asked the question about a couple of days ago that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in some parts of the Quran says that they can question one another, meaning on the day of judgment, and other parts that they cannot. And we said then that the way that we understand those verses is that either they will be able to question at certain points and not at others, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't take away the ability to question totally but at certain points they will not be given that opportunity to question and ask one another or that the questions that they do ask when they ask them are not questions that will bring them any benefit because a person asks a question to receive knowledge, to increase in guidance, to receive something that will benefit them and so these people will not be able to do that in a way that is meaningful or beneficial to them and Allah knows best.
0: But as for those who repent of shirk and believe in the unity of Allah and act rightly by performing the, act, the actions obligatory for them,
1: they will perhaps be successful and be saved by Allah's promise of mercy. And this Asa in verse 67 is not a perhaps of maybe, it is an Asa of their will. It is an Asa. Of the will As Allah Azza often says in the Quran Perhaps or maybe they will be uh, Guided or they will reflect or they will, For those people who do it They get it And this is from the well known Methods of speech in the Arabic language
0: yeah. Your Lord creates and chooses Whatever he wills The choice is not theirs Meaning the idolaters in anything سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ ta'ala عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ Glory be to Allah. He is exalted above anything they associate with Him.
1: In, in verse 67 also, يَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُفْلِحِينَ They will perhaps be successful. Another tafsir uh, that I heard from this is the Asa is dependent upon who is the one that is speaking. Perhaps that is from the position of the believers. Perhaps they will be successful because even though we worship Allah and we turn to Him and we have tawbah We can never have a guarantee that Allah Azza wa Jal will give us success It is our hope, perhaps we will be successful, it is our dua It is the trust we place in Allah and the hope we have in Him But we cannot guarantee for ourselves nor can anyone guarantee the outcome for us But from the side of Allah Azza wa Jal, it is guaranteed if you fulfill those conditions If you obey Allah and you worship Allah and you do righteous deeds And Allah Azza wa Jal accepts them, then it is guaranteed in verse sixty eight, your Lord creates and chooses whatever he wills. He creates, that's well known, understood, chooses whatever he wills, meaning that he chooses for whomsoever he wills, Iman, and chooses for whomsoever he wills, guidance, and chooses for whomsoever he wills, prophethood and messengership. He gives it to whomsoever he wills. Subhanahu wa ta'ala.
0: Your Lord knows what their hearts conceal in terms of unbelief and other things and what they divulge and say about that. Wahu Allahu <laughs> la ilaha hu. He is Allah. There is no God but Him. fil aula <laughs> wa Praise be to Him in this world and the next, meaning paradise. Walamu <laughs> al hukmu wa ilayhi Judgment, which is carried out in respect of all things, belongs to Him. You will be returned to Him at the resurrection. Say to the people of Mecca Tell me what do you think If Allah made it permanently night for you Till the day of rising What God is there other than Allah As you claim to bring you light Referring to daytime when people seek their livelihood Do you not then hear In other words understand And thereby turn away from shirk Say to them, What do you think? If Allah made it permanently day for you till the day of rising, what God is there other than Allah, as you claim, to bring you night, to rest in from your labors? Do you not then see the error you are in regarding shirk and turn away from it?
1: In these verses, verses 71 and 72, this is from the greatest signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then He brings day and night. And if it was perpetual night, then how would we function? If it was perpetual daylight, how difficult it would be to function. At the end of these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the first one, أَفَلَا And in the second one, أَفَلَا And some of the scholars mentioned, Allah knows best that the reason why it is to hear in the first one is because Allah speaks about night. And so hearing is a sense that is more likely to be used at night, especially obviously in a time before electricity and lighting and so on. At night, there's nothing else except if it is maybe the sunlight or the the moonlight rather, there is nothing else. So the sense of hearing is more likely to be used. Whereas in the second one, because there is daylight and because there is sun, then the sense of eyesight is more likely to be used
0: and Allah knows best <laughs> But part of his mercy is that he has made both night and day for you so that you can have your rest in the night and seek his bounty in the day and so that perhaps you will be thankful for his blessings upon you on the day when he summons them, he will say, Where are they? Those who claim to be my associates. We will drag out a witness from each nation. And that will be their prophet who will testify against them regarding what they said. And we will say to them, Produce your evidence for the shirk which you espouse. فَعَلِمُوا أَنَّ الْحَقَّ لِلَّهِ وَضَلَّ عَنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا They will know then that the truth regarding divinity is with Allah and that there is no partner with him and that what they invented in this world about Allah having a partner has forsaken them إِنَّ قَارُونَ كَانَ مِنْ قَوْمِ مُوسَى فَبَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ was one of the people of Musa he was a cousin of Musa and believed in him but he lorded it over him because of his pride, height and great wealth وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ مَا إِنَّمَ فَاتِحَهُ لَتَنُوءُ بِالْعُصْبَةِ أُولِي الْقُوَّةِ وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ مَا إِنَّمَ فَاتِحَهُ لَتَنُوءُ بِالْعُصْبَةِ أُولِي الْقُوَّةِ We gave him treasures, the keys to which alone were a heavy weight for a party of strong men It is said that the number of men who carried the keys was 70, 40, 10 or some other number so remember when his people, the believers of the tribe of Israel said to him Do not gloat about your wealth إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ Allah does not love people who gloat
1: In verse 76 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions another figure or character in the story of Musa alayhi salam That hasn't been really referred to before or mentioned in detail and that is Qarun And Allah says إِنَّ قَارُونَ كَانَ مِنْ قَوْمِ مُوسَى Qarun was one of the people of Musa Meaning that he was from the tribe of Musa Meaning that he's from the Israelites And some of the scholars as al mahdi said Is that he was the cousin of Musa This is the position of al tabari And Ibn Abbas and others And al tabari said there's a position of the majority of the scholars of Tafsir That Qarun was related to Musa And others from amongst the scholars of Tafsir said He's not related to him But he is someone who's from his people And Allah knows best Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about him In terms of his treasures The wealth that he was given And some of the scholars said that he was, he was a businessman And others said he was someone whom the, uh, the Egyptians would use As their henchman, As to keep order and, and control Amongst the people of, of, uh, of, of Musa, the nation of, of, of Bani Israel And so therefore he was given an immense amount of wealth And Allah azza wa is speaking about him Allah says at the end La tafrah Inna Allah la yuhibul farihin. Do not gloat, Allah does not love those who gloat And the Arabic word that is being used is farh, which means to be happy Allah says, literally don't be happy Allah doesn't love those who are happy And that's because happiness comes in Three different contexts in the Quran and the Sunnah The first of them is what is Recommended, and what is allowed and Encouraged, and that is the one that we mentioned uh, In Surah Yunus Say with the guidance of Allah His mercy and His bounty Let them rejoice, be happy And that is the Quran and Islam The second one is a happiness that is It's permissible when you're happy with your family And your children and your friends And you're just happy because of Normal everyday life And the third one is the one that is mentioned in this verse And that is the harab one And that is when happiness leads to Boasting which leads to arrogance And haughtiness and even shirk And that is what they are Referring to here And that is the one that is haram That you gloat, that you boast And it's with arrogance and
0: pride Seek the abode of the next world With what Allah has given you By spending the wealth which Allah has given you In obedience to Allah Without forgetting your portion of this world Meaning do not forget to work in this world For the next world and do good by giving Sadaqah as Allah has been good to you. And do not seek to cause corruption in the earth by doing acts of disobedience. Allah Allah does not love corruptors and will punish them.
1: In verse number seventy seven, Allah Azza says, Well attensa a dunya. Don't forget your portion of this world Some of the scholars of tafsir Said that it refers to eating And drinking And a home And a house And all of those other things But the best tafsir Is the one that is given by Al-Mahali And chosen by Al-Tabari Meaning don't forget Your portion of this world Meaning that you have a right To enjoy this world As you live in here And Iman and Islam And believing in Allah Doesn't mean That you have to live Like a monk Or you have to live A life of not having a car Not having a house and Not enjoying things And that is a Understanding that is important to have Because some people go to the other extreme That where people that don't like this world And so they don't have any part of it And so Allah is saying don't forget your portion And the Prophet used to like nice clothes And used to like nice perfume And used to enjoy eating honey And those pleasures that were available to him And Ibn Umar عنه, Has a nice statement In this regard and he says Plan for your dunya as if you will live forever And plan for your akhira as if you will die Tomorrow Meaning that when it comes to your dunya, think that you have forever meaning So don't think that you will have to do it tomorrow What you should try to do most before you will die is planning for your (laughs)
0: akhirah He said, I have only been given it, meaning wealth, because of knowledge I have He had the greatest knowledge of the Torah among the tribe of Israel after Musa and Harun Allah said did he not know that before him Allah had destroyed generations, meaning nations, with far greater strength than his and far more possessions? He knows that and knows that Allah destroyed them. The evil doers will not be questioned About their sins since he knows them But they will enter the fire without reckoning
1: In verse 78, Allah says He said I have only been given this wealth Because of the knowledge that I have And Al-Mahali in his commentary says He had the greatest knowledge of the Torah Amongst the people of Israel after his prophets Meaning that he was extremely learned And educated concerning the Torah this is one position amongst the scholars of tafsir as to the meaning of the knowledge that is being referred to, and another scholar or imam that chose the same position was Al Qurtubi, rahimahullah. Ta'ala in his tafsir. The second one, or the second position amongst the scholars, the one that was chosen by Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, is that he's saying that I have all of this because of my own knowledge. Meaning, it's not from Allah. Allah didn't bestow it upon me, it's my own doing, it's my own intellect, it's my own hard work, it's my own intelligence. That is the knowledge that he's referring to. And I deserve this because of my own hard work. Similar to what the man of the two gardens said in Surah al Kahf, all of this is because of me, it's mine, it's my own genius, it's my own intellect, that's what I have. Another as, as such as Imam al-Tabari and Sheikh Abdul Rahman ibn sidi said, Allah knows best the type of knowledge that is being referred to. Allah says knowledge in general, and so we leave it as a general statement. And Allah knows best.
0: He, meaning yeah. Qarun, went among his <laughs> people in his binary with his many followers, who were mounted and adorned with clothing of gold and silk and on decorated horses and mules. قَالَ الَّذِينَ يُرِيدُونَ الْحَيَاةَ those who desired the life of this world said, Oh, if only we had the same as Qarun has been given in this world. What immense good fortune he possesses. That those who had been given knowledge of what Allah has promised in the next world said to them, Woe to you. This is a rebuke. Allah's reward of paradise in the next world is better than what Qarun was given in this world for those who believe and act rightly. وَلَا إِلَّا But only the steadfast in respect of holding to obedience and avoiding disobedience will obtain it فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَانِهِ الْأَرْضِ We caused the earth to swallow up both him and his house فَمَا كَانَ مِنْ مِنْ اللَّهِ وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُنْتَصِرِينَ There was no group to come to his aid and defend him from destruction besides Allah and he was not someone who has helped those who had longed to take his place the day before woke up saying, Allah expands the provision of any of his slaves he wills or restricts it. If Allah had not shown great kindness to us, we would have been swallowed up as well. Ah, truly the unbelievers who are ungrateful for Allah's blessing are not successful That abode meaning the garden of the next world We grant it to those who do not seek to exalt themselves in the earth through insolence Or to cause corruption in it by acts of disobedience successful outcome is for those who are God-fearing, who fear the punishment of Allah and do righteous actions.
1: And this verse 83 is similar to the one that we mentioned in Surah Al-Isra, تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ And similar to the one that was mentioned yesterday in Surah Al-Furqan, يَمْشُونَ al Ardi هَوْنَا The character of the believer is that they walk on the earth in humbleness and humility, knowing that they don't own the earth and everything within it, but that they are one of Allah's servants in creation, and they have a finite and defined and refined point of life and that is that their purpose in in this dunya is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by his mercy attain his reward.
0: Anyone who does a good action will get something better, a reward for ten like it. As for anyone who does a bad action, those who have done bad actions will only be repaid for what they did. <speaking in Hebrew> he who has imposed the Quran upon you and sent it down will most certainly bring you back home to Mecca again. The Prophet, sallallahu wa for that. Say, My Lord knows best who has brought true guidance and who is plainly misguided. This was revealed to answer the unbelievers of Mecca who said, You are misguided. Allah knows who brings guidance while they are in truth misguided.
1: Verse 85 is the verse that it is, some of the scholars said is the exception to uh, the surah being Meccan. It is the Medinan verse. And that is because Allah is referring to something that happens on the path to Medina or close to Medina or on the way to Medina. And that is that Allah has said, to him, then indeed Allah will return you to your homeland, and that is Mecca, and that is the position of the vast majority of the scholars of tafsir, that what is being referred to here is Mecca, back to your home again, meaning that a day will come when you will return to the city of Mecca, and so therefore on that basis, that is why they say that it is one of the exceptions to the surah, or the entirety of the surah being Makki.
0: You do not expect to be given the book, meaning the Qur'an It is nothing but a mercy given to you from your Lord So do not lend support to the unbelievers in their deen To which they invite you do not let them debar you from Allah's signs after they have been sent down to you, meaning do not revert to them in that respect. Call people to the unity of your Lord and His worship. And on no account be one of the idolaters by helping them. Do not call on and worship any other God along with Allah. There is no God but Him. All things are passing except his face Effective judgment belongs to him You will be returned to him by being resurrected from your graves Surah <coughs> Al-Ankabut, The Spider This surah is Mekan except from Ayat 1 to the end of Ayat 11 Which is, which is Medinan It has 69 ayat and was sent down after Ar-Rum
1: this is the 29th surah of the Quran, named after the spider, Surah Tun An And it is a Meqi surah according to many of the scholars, although some of the early scholars said that it is a Madani surah, and Allah Azzawajal, knows best.
0: <coughs> Bismillahir Rahim. <coughs> Allah knows best what is meant by that. <laughs> Do people imagine that they will be left to say, we believe, and will not be tested to make the reality of their faith clear? This was revealed about a group of people who believed and then were persecuted by the
1: idolaters. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins this surah by mentioning this very important principle and that is that Allah tests everyone, believers and disbelievers, and do the people simply think that because they say that we believe, they will not be tested. In fact, it is often the true, the opposite that is true, that Allah tests the believers even more, and that's why the Prophet said the most, the people that have the severest of trials are the prophets and those similar to them and those similar to them. And this is, uh, Ibn Al-Qayyim ta'ala, is a very beautiful and long uh, commentary on these verses about uh, trials and tribulations And how Allah Azza wa Jalla in the Quran mentions the stories of the prophets in terms of and many times in the context of trial and tribulation Be that with their nations or be that with their health or be that with their families and their children and so on And there are many benefits that can be derived from that and we don't have the time to go through all of them But one thing that he does say is that from the things that therefore is understood in this verse when Allah says that you will be tried is that with trial must come pain and must come difficulty and must come hardship and so the trial is not meant to always be easy and something that you pass through without any scratches or any squakes but rather pain is a part of trial and calamity and hardship be that the death of a loved one be that illness or disease be that poverty wherever it may be there is within that alam or difficulty or pain and hurt and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people will be tried in that way but for the believer who turns to Allah azza wa jal that pain and that difficulty and that hardship is a means of expiation and a means of purification for them and that's why the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi said that for the believer they are not even pricked by a thorn except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from that pain uses it as a means of expiating some of their sins and their evil deeds and so Allah Azza wa Jal And Ibn Qayyim Muhammad Ta'ala Says that there are so many benefits Of Allah places in calamity And the position of the Muslim In terms of the Sharia Is that we don't seek calamity And it's not something that you ask for It's not something you make dua for. You don't say oh Allah Give me trials Because we don't know If we would pass those trials or not Whether we will be able to withstand them or not So it's not something that we actively seek out But when they come As they inevitably often do Then we do our utmost to Traverse them in a way and a manner that is pleasing to
0: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We tested those before them so that Allah would know the truthful in respect of their belief by means of direct evidence and would know the liars concerning it. <laughs> Or do those who do bad actions, meaning shirk, and other acts of disobedience Imagine they can outstrip us, meaning escape us So that we will not take revenge on them How bad their judgment is As for those who look forward fearfully fearfully to meeting Allah Allah's appointed time is certainly coming And so they should prepare for it he is the all hearing of what they say the all-knowing of what they do whoever does jihad actual fighting or jihad against himself does it entirely for himself the benefit of the jihad goes to himself not to Allah Allah is rich beyond need of any being referring to men jinn and angels and they worship. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ عَنْهُمْ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ أَحْسَنَ الَّذِي كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ As for those who believe and do right actions, we will erase their bad actions from them because of their righteous actions and recompense them for the best of what they did, meaning their righteous actions وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حُسْنًا We have instructed man to honor his parents by being dutiful to them but if they endeavor to make you associate with me something about which you have no knowledge, do not obey them in their shirk. It is to me that you will return, and I will inform you about the things you did and repay you for them.
1: Verse number eight in Surah Al Anqabot is a clat in Sahih Muslim that the cause of revelation for this verse. Was because of Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas one of the ten companions P- promised paradise, one of the early Muslims and one of the major companions. It was concerning Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas and his mother. And that is that when Sa'ad عنه, accepted Islam, his mother took an oath that she wouldn't eat and she wouldn't drink and she wouldn't seek shelter, meaning she would stand in the sun. And so this became obviously difficult for Sa'ad to see his mother like that. But she insisted. That she wouldn't do anything unless that person, unless someone uh, unless, Allah, unless Saad forgave or forsake, forsook his religion He gave up his religion and apostated And so Saad refused to do so So then his mother said to him Doesn't your religion command you to be dutiful to your parents? Using this verse Allah says be kind to your parents and I'm commanding you Allah says obey your parents, I'm telling you That you have to leave your religion So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala sent down the exception to that verse and if they command you to do something which is evil, which is shirk, then don't obey them. And that is the ruling generally, in terms of not just parents for everyone, that people have rights over us and those rights must be fulfilled. But if they command us to do something which goes against what Allah wants, then we don't obey them and we don't listen to them. And Allah knows best.
0: As for those who believe and do right actions, we will admit them among the righteous, a reference to the prophets and saints. They will be gathered in their company. There are some people who say, We believe in Allah, and then when they suffer harm in Allah's cause, when people persecute them on account of their belief, they take people's persecution for Allah's punishment, fearing their persecution as they would fear Allah's punishment, so that so they. Then obey them and become hypocrites. (laughs) But if help comes from your Lord to the believers so that they obtain beauty, they say, We were with you in belief through the ups and downs of fortune, and therefore we should share with you in the beauty. Allah says, Does Allah not know best what is in every person's heart in terms of belief or hypocrisy? (laughs) اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah knows those
1: who have belief in their hearts and he knows the hypocrites and will repay both parties and as you can see in these first verses that Allah subhanahu ta'ala refers to hypocrisy and that is why some of the scholars are of the position that verses 1 to 11 are madinan even though the surah is a mekkan surah they make the exception of these 11 verses because Allah Azza speaks about hypocrisy and so they say therefore that they are Medina investors and
0: Allah knows best. <coughs> those who disbelieve say to those who believe, follow our way, meaning deen, and we will bear the weight of your mistakes for following us, if there is any. Allah says, they will not bear the weight of a single one of their mistakes. The imperative tense used here has a sense of being a report. Truly <laughs> really, there are lies about that <laughs> They will bear their own burdens Meaning sins and other burdens together with their own For saying to the believers Follow our way And for misguiding their followers on the day of rising, there will be questioned about what they invented,
1: the lies they made up about Allah. This is to rebuke them. The difference between verses 12 and 13, Allah says in verse 12, that they will, they say, we will take your mistakes, and Allah says, but they can't take their mistakes. Then in verse 13, Allah says, but they will be made to carry their burdens. And that is in the first instance, that they are saying it in a way of mocking Allah and His religion. They're saying that, if even if he happens to be true And there is one God And he's a prophet Don't worry about it Well, deal with that And we'll carry your mistakes for you And Allah says They won't be able to bear the punishment That comes with bearing those mistakes But Allah says They will bear them We will place them on them And they will have to carry them But the burden that they cannot bear Is the punishment that comes alongside that And Allah knows best
0: وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ فَلَبِثَ فِيهِمْ إِلَّا خَمْسِينَ عَامًا We sent Noah to his people when he was 40 years old or older and he remained among them for 50 short of a thousand years calling them to recognize Allah's unity but they denied him Yet the flood engulfed
1: them while they were wrongdoers meaning idolaters and they were drowned And this is the verse in the Quran that mentions the length of Nuh's prophethood and his call to his people 950 years and in that time he's being patient and talking to them and debating them and listening to them and pulling up and being patient with their, with their mockery and their insults and all of their harm that they had towards
0: him <laughs> we rescued him meaning Nuh, and the occupants of the ark who were with him and made that into a sign and a lesson for all the worlds, for those people who have come after him, if they disobeyed their messengers. nor lived after the flood for 60 years or longer until mankind had increased in number once again.
1: And Allah Azza wa Jalla knows best about whether he was 40 years or older when he came and how many years he lived after the flood. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only mentions the period of his Prophethood and clearly he lived for a period of time before he became a Prophet and for a period of time after the, the flood and the incident of the flood. But Allah knows best concerning the exact
0: numbers. And remember Ibrahim when he said to his people, Worship Allah and be fearful of him and his punishment. That is better for you than worshipping idols if you only knew. Instead of Allah, you worship only idols. You are inventing a lie by saying that the idols are partners with Allah. Those you worship besides Allah have no power to provide for you. Meaning they cannot provide for you. So seek your provision from Allah and worship Him and give thanks to Him.
1: إِلَيْهِ It is to Him you will be returned. In verse number 17 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَقَالَ إِنَّمَا مِّن دُونِ اللَّهِ Instead of Allah you worship only idols. And the word that is being mentioned for idols here in this surah surah Al-Ankabut is وَثَن أَوْثَان Whereas elsewhere in the Quran in the story of Ibrahim when he refers to those idols he refers to them as أَصْنَام قَالُوا and what is the difference between sonam and Wathan or Asnam and othan? They are essentially the same. They are idols, both of them, but some of the scholars said that the difference between them is in the material that is used to make them. And Asanam or Asnam, which is the plural, is what is made of more precious material: gold, silver, jewels, precious stones. What is made of things that are of greater value, whereas a wathan or all-than which is the plural, is made of cheaper materials—barley, food stuff, wood, things that are cheaper—and that is one of the differences that they say, and Allah knows best. But both of them are clearly still idols worship beside Allah.
0: And if you deny it, and me, people of Mecca, nations before you and before me also deny the truth. وَمَا عَلَى إِلَّا الْمُبِينَ The messenger is only responsible for clear transmission Both these examples provide solace for the Prophet ﷺ Allah then says about his people أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْ Have they not seen, read as, يَرَوْ and also تَرَوْ Have you not seen how Allah brings creation out of nothing then reproduces it? Read as, يُبْدِئُوا and يَبْدِئُوا
1: يَبْدَأُ يبدأو, يبدأو, and
0: يبدأو. He can bring it back as he originated it
1: <coughs> But the qiraa Yabda'u' is a shahad, it's a peculiar قِرَاءَ It's not a قِرَاءَ of the, of the ten يُبْدِعُ is the only qiraa Yabda'u' is a peculiar reading and a shahad قِرَاءَ
0: إِنَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يسير. That, both the first and second creation is easy for Allah How then can you deny the possibility of the second? Say, travel about the earth and see those before you and their nations and how he brought creation out of nothing Then later Allah will bring about the next existence إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Allah has power over all things including origination and bringing back again يُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَرْحَمُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وإليه He punishes anyone he wills and has mercy on anyone he wills. You will be returned to him. وَمَا أَنْتُمْ فِي الأرض وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ There is no way out for you in earth or heaven. You cannot prevent your Lord from reaching you no matter where you are and cannot escape from him. وَمَا لَكُمْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ مِنْ ولي ولا نَصِيرٍ You have no protector from Allah or helper against his punishment besides Allah. Those who reject Allah's signs, meaning the Quran and the meeting with him, meaning the resurrection, such people can despair of my mercy, meaning garden. Such people will have a painful punishment.
1: And these verses 18 to 23. Even though they mention in the context of the story of Ibrahim salam, it is Allah subhanahu wa taala speaking about the signs of His right to be worshipped alone subhanahu wa taala and establishing that as a proof against people. And so it is mentioned in the midst of the story of Ibrahim, and this is something as we've seen throughout the Quran that Allah azza wa does a number of times that in the middle of a story or a context or a group or a set of rulings, Allah will bring a. Different subject to show the importance of something or to establish a principle or to bring a lesson that is
0: important. Yeah. Continuing with the story of Ibrahim, السلام, Allah says the only answer of his people when they flung him into the fire was to say, kill him or ban him. But Allah rescued him from the fire and made it coolness and peace for him. There are certainly signs in that Referring to his rescue from the fire And the fact that it had no effect on him In spite of its size and intensity And that it died down And there was a garden in its place In a short time For people who are believers In the unity and power of Allah Because they benefit from that وَقَالَ إنما اتَّخَذْتُم مِّن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْثَانًا مَّوَدَّةَ بَيْنِكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا He, meaning Ibrahim said You have adopted idols which you worship apart from Allah As tokens of mutual affection in this world Read as مَوَدَّةَ بَيْنِكُمْ مُوَدَّةً بَيْنَكُمْ And مُوَدَّةُ بَيْنِكُمْ
1: It's all with the mawaddah always with the fatha. <coughs>
0: Loving one another in their worship But then on the day of rising You will reject one another Leaders declaring themselves free of their followers And curse one another Followers cursing their leaders The fire will be your shelter All of you You will have no helpers to defend you against that And and Lut believed in him Meaning Ibrahim Lut was the son of his brother Haran He, Ibrahim said I am leaving this place And my people to follow the pleasure of my lord Wherever my lord has commanded me He left his people And emigrated from the fertile land of Iraq to Syria He is the almighty in his kingdom The all wise
1: in what he does In verse 26 This is the correct uh, Spelling of the father of Lot. He was the son of his brother Haran And elsewhere the translators Mistranslated or they, it was a typo And they said Harun instead And it is Haran It is said that the name of the brother of Ibrahim السلام,
0: Was Haran <laughs> We gave him after Ismail, Ishaq, and after Ishaq, Yaqub, and placed prophethood and the book, generic in this instance, meaning all revealed books, the Torah, the Gospel, the Psalms, and the Furqan, among his progeny. So all the prophets after Ibrahim are from among his descendants. We gave him his reward in this world, meaning that he would be praised by the people of all religions. وَإِنَّهُ فِي لَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ And in the next world he will be among the righteous Who have high degrees in the next world
1: In verse 27 Allah subhanahu wa says وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُ وَيَعْقُوبُ We gave to Ibrahim salam إِسْحَاقًا يَعْقُوبُ And Allah subhanahu wa mentions this verse After Ibrahim alayhi is thrown in the fire And after he exiles Is exiled And after he leaves and flees And the scholars use this as a proof of, of showing the principle, that is the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam مَنْ Whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, Allah will give them something better in return. Ibrahim Alayhi salam waits for years and decades for a child that he never receives. But it is when he leaves his people for the sake of Allah, makes hijrah for the sake of Allah, and undergoes hardship for the sake of Allah, that Allah gives him something better in return. Not only the children and the grandchildren that he will have But as we've now mentioned numerous times in the Qur'an The lineage or the descendants of prophets being From his line Alayhi salatu was salam And Shaykh Rahman ibn Sidi Rahimahullah has a very nice uh, section in one of his books on this principle using these verses of the Qur'an and how the Prophets of Allah, it was at the time of their sacrifice when they would make that amazing sacrifice in the sake of Allah, that Allah showers his blessings upon them. And that is a general rule, that when you make that sacrifice for Allah and you turn to Allah in whatever way it is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds by replacing it with something greater and better.
0: قومه إنكم لتأتون الفاحشة ما سبقكم بها من أحد من العالمين. Remember when Loth such to people, you are committing an obscenity, meaning sodomy, not perpetrated before by anyone in all the world, mankind or jinn. Do you lie with men? With men and waylay them on the road? As well as committing sodomy They also waylaid those who pass through with their vile actions And so people stop travelling through their land And commit new depravities within your gatherings فَمَا كَانَ جَوَابَ قَوْمِهِ إِلَّا بِعَذَابِ اللَّهِ إِن كُنْتَ مِنَ The only answer of his people was to say Bring us Allah's punishment if you are telling the truth In other words, if he thought that what they were doing was disgusting And that they would suffer punishment for it Then he should make it happen straight away He said my lord help me against the people of corruption who disobey Allah by having sexual intercourse with men regarding what they say about the punishment Allah answered his supplication when our messengers came with the good news of Ishaq and Ya'qub after him to Ibrahim They said we are going to destroy the people of this city Meaning the city of Lob <laughs> Truly really, its inhabitants are wrongdoers meaning unbelievers <laughs> He meaning Ibrahim said Luq is in it <laughs> They meaning the messengers said we know very well who is in it we are going to rescue Red as Him and his family Except for his wife She will be one of those who stay behind And suffer punishment when our messengers came to Lut, he was stressed, he was distressed on their account, feeling incapable of protecting them, because they took the form of guests and had beautiful faces, and he feared what his people would do to them. They then informed him that they were messengers from his Lord. They said, Do not fear and do not grieve. We are going to rescue you, Red as and Munjuka, and your family, except for your wife. She will be one of those who stay behind. We will bring down Red as Munziluna and Muneziluna, on the inhabitants of the city, a devastating punishment from heaven because of their deviance, meaning wrongdoing. We have left a clear sign of them behind, meaning the ruins of their city, for people who use their intellect and reflect. And to Median, we sent, is implied, their brother Shuaib. He said, My people, worship Allah and look to the last day, meaning, fear the day of rising, and do not act unjustly on earth, corrupting it. But they denied him, so the strong earthquake seized them, and morning found them lying flattened, dead on their backs in their homes. And we destroyed Ad and Thamud, Meaning both the area and the tribe It, meaning the destruction must be clear to you From their dwelling places in Hijj and Yemen ash-shaytan made their actions of unbelief and of disobedience seem good to them And so debarred them from the way of the truth Even though they were intelligent people possessed insight وَقَارُونَ وَفِرْعَوْنَ وَهَامَانَ And we destroyed Qarun and Pharaoh and Haman وَلَقَدْ جَاءَ مُوسَى بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ Musa came before the destruction with the clear signs to them but they were arrogant on the earth وَمَا كَانُوا سَابِقِينَ They could not outstrip us and thus escape our punishment
1: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 38 uh, He says Subhanahu wa ta'ala فَصَدَّهُمْ عَنِ السَّبِيلِ وَكَانُوا مُسْ they barred them from the way of the truth, even though they were intelligent people. And the scholars differ as to what that means in terms of their intelligence. And some of them said that it means that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave them intelligence by which they could de- determine and differentiate between what is right and wrong, false and truth. But they didn't use it in that way. Another said, and that's why an Imam, uh, some of them said that it means that it refers to their intellects that they didn't use in a way that was beneficial to them. Another is from amongst the scholars of Tafsir said like Imam al-Tabari, that they used their intellects rather than for guidance, they used it for misguidance. And they used it to harm themselves. And others such as Sheikh Mohammed al-Amin al-Shaqiti says that they were people of intelligence, meaning that we gave them skills and that they were extremely intelligent. Because as we see for example with the people of Salih Al salam and others, they were able to carve houses in mountains and so they were people who had knowledge and sciences and skills but those knowledge and sciences and skills do not benefit them if they do not have the basis of Iman
0: no. We seized each one of them, meaning those mentioned, for their wrong actions Against some we sent a sudden squall of stones A fierce wind full of pebbles like that sent against the people of Lord. Some of them were seized by the great blast, such as the mud خَسَفْنَا بِهِ الْأَرْضِ Some we caused the earth to swallow up, such as Qarun And some we drowned, such as the people of Noah and Pharaoh and his people Allah did not wrong them and punish them without their doing any wrong actions Rather, they wrong themselves by committing wrong actions The metaphor of those who take protectors Meaning idols which they hope will bring the benefit Besides Allah Is that of a spider Which builds itself a house Where it takes refuge But no house is flimsier than a spider's house Which cannot defend it against heat or cold A metaphor meaning that idols do not help those who worship them if they only knew the truth about
1: what they worshipped Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala says that this is a metaphor for those people who take gods besides Allah azza wa and that the worship of those gods is as flimsy and as fragile as the web of a spider which is the flimsiest and weakest of habitats to simply blow on it would destroy the habitat and so Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala says that people are weak because Allah created them weak people are weak and need but what is worse is that they worship those that are weaker than themselves. And in order for a person to worship someone or something, they look for something or someone that is greater than them, stronger than them, more powerful than them, better able to help and assist and protect them. But these people are weak and they have taken as their gods what is weaker than them. <laughs>
0: Allah knows what they call upon, read as, and also, تدعونا, meaning you call upon, and worship besides Himself. He is the Almighty in His kingdom, the All-Wise in what He does. Such metaphors in the Quran we devise for mankind. But only those with knowledge, who reflect, understand them. Allah created the heavens and the earth with truth. Inna fi la lil There is certainly a sign in that, indicating His power for the believers, who are singled out for mention because they benefit from faith, as opposed to unbelievers who do not. Recite what has been revealed to you of the book, meaning the Quran, and establish the prayer. Prayer precludes indecency and wrongdoing While one is performing it <coughs> And remembrance of Allah is greater still Greater than other acts of obedience Allah knows what you do and will repay you for it
1: <coughs> In this last verse, in verse 45 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says akbar. And the remembrance of Allah is greater Greater than what? This is where the scholars of tafsir Differ into a number of different opinions Some of them said That what he means is that the remembrance of Allah is greater Meaning that Allah remembers you in return when you pray And that is greater So when you turn to Allah in remembrance through Salah Allah remembers you in return And his remembrance of you is always greater than your remembrance of him And that is the position of Al-Imam al tabari Some of the other scholars said That the meaning of this is that the remembrance of Allah Is greater than the Salah Salah prevents you from harm And it prevents you from evil And prevents you from sin And the remembrance of Allah is greater Meaning that the dhikr of Allah as an act of worship Is greater than the salah And that is the position that was chosen by Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah Ta'ala Another said that it means that the remembrance of Allah In the salah is the best part of the salah That's the greatest part of the salah Akbar, meaning Allah's remembrance during the prayer, the Qur'an, the azkar that you recite is the greatest part of your prayer. Ibn Taala, said that this verse shows that there are two great uh, objectives or benefits of the salah. Number one is that it prevents you from what is haram and sin. But number two is that Allah's remembrance is greater. And therefore showing that just if you come to the prayer, you find that it doesn't take you away, from sin, or that you're still sinning, or that you're still weak in Iman, because some people think that that means then that their prayer isn't good, no, Allah is saying that the remembrance that you do in the Salah is actually of a greater objective than you being prevented from sin, Wa ذِكْرُ akbar. That is a greater objective, it is a greater benefit, so the fact that you read Quran, you make dhikr of Allah, you make tasbih, you make tahmid, you remember Allah's name, is a greater component of the Salah, and Abu'l-Aliya rahimahullah ta'ala, the famous scholar, the early scholar of the Self said, that there are three components to the Salah That are mentioned from this verse Number one, ikhlas, sincerity Number two, khashiyah Which is attentiveness And number three, the remembrance of Allah He said ikhlas is what commands you to do the good Sincerity, khashya, And attentiveness in Salah, sure Is what prevents you from doing wrong And the dhikr of Allah is the Quran And that is what brings you closer to Allah And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Knows best And with that inshallah ta'ala we come to the end of today's session and we finish and we stop at verse 45 of surah al-ankabut usallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ajma'in wa akhiru da'wana anil rabbil This
0: recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.